is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, happy 2023. The Monty Show is back and better than ever. Hi, Jake. How are we doing? Uh, good. We have a major, major argument over the Rose Bowl to get to today. It is the Utes of Utah. Utah football taking on Penn State in the Rose Bowl this afternoon. How important is the Rose Bowl to you? What would a Rose Bowl win mean for Kyle Whittingham and his Utah Utes? What happens if Utah wins the Rose Bowl? Will Kyle Whittingham retire? Does the Pac-12 have an Oregon Ducks problem when it comes to Amazon Prime Video? We have a big update on that for you. How does Keaton Slovis fit at BYU? It's all coming up, and of course, because you did it, you got us to 9,000 subscribers right here on YouTube. We are going to be taking you plus one to see Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers next Tuesday at Vivint Smart Home Arena. <laughs> yes, the Utah Jazz, even though they can't seem to find a way to win a game, mm -hmm. they are proficient at finding ways to lose games, and we'll talk about that today. Uh, but yes, the Cavs and the Jazz will hook up next Tuesday in what is, I think, without question, the most anticipated game uh, of the first half as Donovan Mitchell makes his return to Utah. But... Without further ado, I remind you that this show is presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business without a doubt. The Advocates, when you're in a wreck, it, you know, with all this snow and all this bad weather we've had, listen, if you've gotten into an accident because somebody else was driving irresponsibly or was distracted, whatever that might be, The Advocates are here to help you. They know that, hey, I wrecked my car. How am I going to get to work? Hey, I have medical bills. They're going to help you defer the cost of your medical bills. They're not going to ask you to pay them any money up front because you never pay a consultation fee. You never pay a big retainer. At The Advocates, you don't pay until The Advocates win your case at theadvocates.com. Welcome home, Jake. Yeah, it's good to be back. How are you, dude? Uh, doing good. It's, Enjoying the snow. It seems like... It seems like we have a bit of a disagreement um, on the Rose Bowl, mm -hmm. which is this afternoon. It is Utah versus Penn State. Utah, depending on where you get your number, is a one-point favorite at 52 points. Now, we were talking in our vaunted secretive, top secret, um, don't tell anybody, pre-show meeting. Right. That's not really secretive. Right. Um, how important is the Rose Bowl? And we were talking about, okay, the Rose Bowl or the Cotton Bowl, the Rose Bowl or Monday Night Football. And I'm flabbergasted that anybody would watch Monday Night Football over the Rose Bowl. Now, they're on at two different times. I totally get that. The Rose Bowl is going to end. They moved Monday Night Football to a late kickoff. Uh, it will kick off at 8.30 Eastern, uh, 6.30 Mountain instead of 6 Mountain and Eight Eastern to make sure that, hey, the Rose Bowl, which is on ABC, Monday Night Football that's on ESPN, mm -hmm. that there's no conflict there. But I would be shocked if anybody, I mean, really anybody that watches this show, 
mm-hmm. would choose Monday Night Football over the Rose Bowl. And why is that? Because I think the Rose Bowl is one of the the most prestigious games in all of professional football. I think that when you look at it, the biggest games, obviously, is the Rose Bowl, the Super Bowl, it's not. Is it the college football playoff? Well, it's not this year. But as far as secondary games go that are not championship games, so conference playoff games, mm-hmm. um, conference championship games, I could make an argument that for Utah football, it is like a Super Bowl. I could make an argument that for Utah football, the Rose Bowl is is just as important as an NFC championship game, that it's just as important as any other game that they've ever played, including a BCS championship game. And the reason I say that is think about the ramifications of Utah football winning the Rose Bowl and what this game would mean to Kyle Whittingham. Think about what this would do for his resume. I am one of the people who are who are in the camp that says, hey, I still think with the national championship, Lavelle Edwards is the the greatest football coach in the history of the state of Utah. Right. If Kyle Whittingham wins back-to-back Pac-12 championships and then goes on to win the Rose Bowl tonight, Kyle Whittingham is the greatest football coach in the history of Utah. That, in my opinion, is what is on the line tonight at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a really interesting and dynamic conversation, for sure. I think, depending on how old you are, this game has different levels of significance. I think that, you know, for for a younger generation, all all we care about is winning, you know? And I think that Kyle Whittingham and this Utah football program had national championship aspirations as they should have that that was correct to have those expectations and I think you know Witt has talked about this this past week about the Florida game and how they you know lost a couple of games they felt like they should have won and those just those couple of games would have put them in a different spot and he's totally right now I'm not certainly sitting here saying the Rose Bowl has no no significance I'm not saying that it is a big deal it's it's amazing to make the Rose Bowl and, and make that appearance two years in a row and and really uh, accomplish that. But but what I struggle with is this concept of, you know, we're, we're watching this game with the backdrop of, you know, how does this impact Witt's career? How does this impact, you know, this, you know, this guy's path or that guy's path? Or like, how does, like, to me, if you're a Utah fan, this game means a lot to you. Now, if you're somebody, you know, like the thousands of people who have moved into our state over the last couple of years, you're someone who's not from the state of Utah or maybe isn't a Utah fan, I think you're watching Monday Night Football. That's what I think the reality is. Now, I think ESPN is brilliant for making it so these two games don't compete and people don't have to choose because the fact is we're going to watch the Rose Bowl, then we're going to watch Monday Night Football. I, like it, That's what everyone's going to do. But I just think it's fascinating that we're, we're amped or we're, we're, we're thrilled to or like excited about the idea that that they're they're playing the Rose Bowl and you're right it is a second tier game so that's why I felt like it was necessary to ask the question what are you more excited about tonight because yes it's the Rose Bowl yes it's a big bowl game as far as college football is concerned but you're not playing for a playoff spot or like to move to that next level you're basically playing for legacy in this game and yeah this retirement question well, I think it is just, I don't think that Witt, I, I don't know. I guess I would personally be surprised if he retired right now. Like to me, Witt feels like someone who would do like, hey, this is going to be my last year type deal or like something like that to kind of have. Uh, I don't think he would. I don't think Kyle Whittingham w- likes that kind of attention. 
I don't think Kyle Whittingham is the guy that's like, hey, look at me. I've got six games to go. Hey, I've got three games to go. Hey, coach, uh, you just beat USC. What does this mean? You know, are you going to look back? Like, that's not who Kyle Whittingham is. Kyle Whittingham is a team first guy. Kyle Whittingham is not a guy that wants the microscope on him. I think when Kyle Whittingham retires, it will not be announced before a season. It will be announced after a season. And if Kyle Whittingham wins the Rose Bowl, I, I think that a lot of people will expect Kyle Whittingham to retire, which to me would be really difficult to absorb if you're Utah football, because mm -hmm. I'm also in the camp that says that Morgan Scally's not the, the coach in waiting anymore. He's not the guy that you automatically believe is the next head coach at Utah football, or at least I do not. Um, I think there's a chance that could happen, but I think Kyle Whittingham is, is, is irreplaceable. Kyle Whittingham is a guy that you don't want to replace because there's no way to replace him. So if Kyle Whittingham wins this Rose Bowl, and I think he will, if Kyle Whittingham wins this Rose Bowl, I think he goes down as the single greatest coach in the history of the state of Utah. And I think, yes, you should absolutely compare this Rose Bowl victory, these back-to-back Pac-12 championships with what Lavelle Edwards accomplished, um, even his national championship at BYU. And I know that sounds you know, salacious, and I know it sounds like hot take guy, but if you really look at what Kyle Whittingham has had to invest personally, he, what he's had to invest emotionally to bring this football team back to the Rose Bowl, back to the Pac-12 championship, all of the adversity, you know, the, the, the passing of two players, I don't think you can overlook that because I think the emotional toll that takes on your players I mean, just the, the story of Cam Rising alone, the recruiting, the fact that they would win this game without their two great tight ends and Clark Phillips III would be something unbelievable almost. And yet I think it's going to happen. And I think when it does happen, I do think that Kyle Whittingham moves into immortality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, isn't I think... I think, you know, there's no doubt already he's a legend as far as like, like people love to have the greatest coaches in, in sports in Utah debate, you know, like when you look at Jerry or you look at Lavelle or what, you know, people love to do that. I think by that standard, Witt's already a legend. He's already an unforgettable. He's already, mm -hmm. you know, a, a staple of the, of the sports landscape. And yeah, I mean, I, I, winning matters, you know? And, and I think if you ask Kyle Whittingham, about retirement, about his legacy. I think Kyle Whittingham wants wants to run in a national championship as long as he can. Uh, however, I think a Rose Bowl win, you know, that's a nice way to send yourself off. So I, I guess I agree about, about what you said about, you know, maybe retiring if he wins the Rose Bowl. But I just think that, I don't know, I just feel like this is a team that wanted to win a national championship. This is a team that was incredibly disappointed when you lost in the swamp in week one. Like that was a crushing loss and we talked yeah. about it and we felt it and we went through it. And ever since then, it's kind of been this comeback tour. And then you lost the UCLA game at the Rose Bowl, oddly enough. Um, you know, and, and, and I think it's still a great accomplishment to get here. I mean, we can't forget that they were not really in a great place to win the Pac-12, yet they're still here, and yet they did win the Pac-12, and they are still going to the Rose Bowl. So it's a hell of a season. There's no question about it. I'm not sitting here saying the Rose Bowl is not of any significance. It is significant. It is a big deal. But I think when you're comparing a, a big-time playoff implications matchup with the Bills and Bengals, and it's Josh Allen and it's Joe Burrow, and, you know, like it's a big deal— 
Like, that's why I think we have to have that conversation. But again, it needs to be said, ESPN is brilliant. We're going to have a conversation about Oregon and grants of rights and that whole thing in a minute. But ESPN is absolutely brilliant for making it so these two games don't have to compete. I really appreciate that. Yeah, listen, I, I think it is, in my mind, when you look at the, his record, he's 154-73 and 73 as yeah. a football coach. Um I mean, I think this Rose Bowl is everything. I, I think it's everything. And I know that, that you know, BYU fans this morning, I can see the comments where, you know, the Rose Bowl's meaningless. If your take is the Rose Bowl's meaningless, you should go back to bed uh, because I don't know what you're thinking. The Rose Bowl is not meaningless. Um, the Rose Bowl is one of the most prestigious championships that you can win. Uh, I think when you've won back-to-back Pac-12 championships and you you can add a Rose Bowl victory to your resume, uh, never mind you've lost three straight bowl games. Uh, if you're Kyle Whittingham and the Utah Utes, I mean, I, I think I think you've got to find a way to win this game, and I think they will. But I, I don't even I I don't think there's any doubt that Kyle Whittingham, just the challenges that Kyle Whittingham has faced mm-hmm. at at Utah. I, 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 his accomplishments are unmatched in the history of the state of Utah as far as a football coach goes. Find me one who's done what he's done. Find me a, a, a guy that is, you know, is, is as tenured as Kyle Whittingham is at, at Utah that has brought a team out of, out of nothingness in the Mountain West to supremacy in the Pac-12, back-to-back championships, back-to-back Rose Bowls, um, to think about the adversity that he's faced over time with his players, that they've just kept on going and they've put one foot in front in front of the other. I mean, it's to me that you could not have outside of winning a national championship, you could not have written a better resume than Kyle Winningham has written at Utah. I, I I just I don't know how you would do it. I don't know how he's been able to recruit the way he's been able to recruit. I don't know how you get guys like Gianni Paul to come and play at an incredibly high level. And then you just keep replacing that guy, the Devin Lloyds. The, the, I mean, just every single year. You know, I was watching the Deion Sanders um, docuseries on Amazon Prime and seeing Trevor Riley on Deion's staff. Like, it's incredible to me the reach that Kyle Whittingham's player tree has. Not his coaching tree. Look at the guys who have come through the program at Utah and look where they are now. Like mm-hmm. it is, it's remarkable. I don't think that in the, the, the grand history of the state of Utah and the, the illustrious, illustrious career of, of, of a guy like a Lavelle Edwards, I just don't think that Lavelle Edwards ever had to contend with the issues. Social media alone, smartphones alone, recruiting alone, Amazon Prime TV deals alone. I don't think Lavelle had nearly the hill to climb that Kyle has had to climb. Does that does that at all devalue the championship that BYU has? No, of course not. Does this at all devalue Lavelle Edwards? No, of course not. But what this says is that if Kyle Whittingham wins this Rose Bowl today, I don't think there's any doubt he is the single greatest coach in the history of of football coaches in the state of Utah. And I'm not sure it's close. With all due respect to those that came before Kyle 
and those who will come after. Good luck chasing down what he's accomplished. Mm -hmm. Because I, I just, I, frankly, in today's college football climate, I don't know that it's possible. I truly don't know. I don't know what will happen, what will be the long-term fate of the Pac-12 and the Rose Bowl. If he wins this Rose Bowl, and I again, I think they will, I just don't know that anybody in, in, the, in the future of football coaches in this state, just from a longevity standpoint, will ever accomplish what Kyle Whittingham has accomplished. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got a resume. There's no doubt about it. There's one piece that's missing, the national championship, and I think we... Kyle's talked about it. I think we all talk about it, but I but I think there's no you can't you can't say, oh well he doesn't have a national championship and Lavelle does and that makes Lavelle better. You can't say that. I, I think that it is a feather in Lavelle's cap. It is something that has held him at the top for a long time. But I, I think all that stuff you just said, the the contextual stuff of this conversation matters. You know, Rose Bowl appearances, challenges, modern day hurdles like recruiting, NIL. You know the even just the threat of conference realignment, like yeah. there's 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 a lot of stuff. So I don't know. I I we're clearly different on this on this Rose Bowl, um, but there's no doubt it's a big deal for Witt's career. There's no question about that. Yeah, and, I, and again, I'm not telling you at all to discount 1984. I'm not, but that was eight no 1984, right? Like it, it, if you look at. Um, you know, that, that you play eight conference games or, you know, the, what were the, their record was 13 and zero. like, I mean, it's just a tougher hill to climb this, this, mm -hmm. this, in this world of college football football is better now. Like, yeah. let's like, let's not sit here and say that in 1984, eight, no, is the same as 2022, eight, no, I'm not going to sit here and accept that, that assumption. Cause it's just simply not true. Like the athletes better, the facility is better. Yeah. Uh, there, there's more helping these guys. These guys get more help with grades than they did back then. Like, there's way more helping these guys achieve at a higher level. So, let's not sit here and say that, you know, that football now is the same as football then. But I'm also not going to sit here and listen to people say, well, yeah, well then, does that mean that Lavelle's championship is somehow discounted? No. But you can't just ignore the fact that times have changed. The world evolves. Time does yes. not stop for anybody. So with all due respect to Lavelle, you know, he obviously was a groundbreaker in this state. He is a legend. He will forever be at the top of the coaching stack in this state. But I think yeah. as far as modern day, you know, a name that people actually know and, and they can actually see the human being in front of them, I just don't think there's any doubt of the modern day coaches and, and potentially of all time, Wit is right there. It's, it's yeah. And and again, Lavelle's a Hall of Famer. Like, I don't think there's any doubt Kyle Whittingham's a college football Hall of Famer. I, I yeah. just I have no doubt about that. Like I it'll be fun to watch. I I you know, as far as the Rose Bowl game goes today, before we get to your comments here on the Monty Show presented by uh, our good friends at the Advocates, theadvocates.com. Um, the Rose Bowl today, I think, is is, is going to be very interesting. Obviously, um, you know, it hurts that you're you're not going to have Keithy and Kincaid as well as Clark Phillips. Um, it's really unfortunate that those three guys are are not going to be there for the Utah Utes. But this is still a really good team. This is still a really deep team. I think one of the bigger questions coming out of the weekend in the college football playoff is the Big Ten overrated and. Man, I'm having a tough time saying it's not. I, I look at the way that Michigan just got, in my opinion, manhandled by TCU. Um, uh, uh, the way that Ohio State collapsed late. Uh, I, I mean, I, I felt like once we got into the fourth quarter, Georgia was the team we thought they were going to be. Um, I, I still maintain Alabama should have been in over Ohio State. I, I, I 
I, I have never believed that more strongly than I than I did and do watching that game and after now that that game's over. In my opinion, the Big Ten is vastly overrated. I think it's soft as hell as a conference. Yeah. Uh, I think you look at the dominance that Michigan put forth all season long. Well, as it turns out, we were right when we said that conference sucks. Yeah. So they're not playing anybody, you know, week in and week out. Because it's garbage. You know, and, and, and you look at Ohio State and Michigan clearly being the class of the Big Ten, and they weren't so classy at all. And I look at Penn State. This is a really good football team. But speaking of Kyle Whittingham, I look at James Franklin, and I look at Kyle Whittingham repeatedly and over and over again. Kyle Whittingham in big moments – has made the right decision and the right call. His clock management, the way that he, he you know, that he handles timeouts, um, you know, the way that he handles players, the way that he calls his defense, all of those things. Kyle Whittingham and his coordinators make the right decisions over and over again. I look at James Franklin at Penn State, and I think James Franklin's a guy I don't want calling my game in the second half. Thanks. Because he's going to repeatedly make the wrong decision. He's not going to call a timeout at the right time. Mm -hmm. A la Jim Harbaugh, who <laughs> we're going to talk about whether or not he's a winner. Like, I look at these guys, and I put them up against Kyle Whittingham, and I look at James Franklin, and I put him up against Kyle Whittingham. I'm taking Kyle Whittingham every single time. Yeah. There is just no doubt about that. And in my mind, I think that is one of the major matchups in this game, Kyle Whittingham versus James Franklin that will determine the winner. Yeah, and, and I think that the, this whole concept of, you know, people being pissed off that, you know, the Big Ten essentially lost all weekend long. Like, are you really surprised? Are you really well, that surprised? Like, the Big Ten, as we've said repeatedly, plays a soft schedule. So when you're going up against what what is a very physical Big 12 team, and when you're going up against the SEC, did you really think that that soft schedule was going to help you? Now, I, I will be the first to say that that TCU Michigan was incredibly entertaining. Just from if you take out, you know, don't be hardcore college football fan. Be the guy that just turned the game on and watched it for entertainment value. Everything that you could ever possibly want in a college football playoff game, we had this weekend. I agree with all the Twitter people saying this was probably the best college football playoff weekend we've ever had in the history of the college football playoff. So to me, it was a gem from that standpoint. But but I agree that we need to stop saying the Big Ten is one of the best football conferences in in the country because it's not. Like as far as football, X's and O's, you know, you know how how we go about winning a game. It's not one of the best conferences. It just simply isn't. Like I will sit here and die on the hill of the SEC is head and shoulders better than everybody else, and then it's the Big Twelve, the Pac, and then the Big Ten. Like that's truly what I believe. Well, and, and again, it's great that the Big Ten has shown out in bowl games. The ones that mattered, they did not. Michigan, Ohio State, huge disappointment. And will you show up tonight? Well. I think they will. I think this is this is going to be a phenomenal game. Now, having said that, obviously, you know, the the news that Joey Porter Jr. is not going to play in this game, the fine corner for Penn State, that's a big deal. But I think that's far less of a big deal than it is Clark Phillips being out because I think Clark Phillips is arguably the best corner in college football. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, without Dalton Kincaid, I mean, that's probably a wash, Joey Porter Jr. and Dalton Kincaid. Um, is probably a wash, but when I when I look at what what matters in this game, this is Penn State's fifth trip to the Rose Bowl. This is not something new for them. The question is, 
how will Utah handle this atmosphere? Because it's a big game atmosphere. That's one of the things I think really matters in these big bowl games. How do your guys handle this? This is an experienced veteran team that's back-to-back Pac-12 champions that's coming out of a Rose Bowl loss last year to Ohio State that, that essentially came down in the last play of the game, if we all remember right. I think this Utah team is ready. I think this Utah team is deep. I think this Utah team is talented. I think this Utah team is prepared. And again, I think Kyle Whittingham and his staff are an X factor. I love Utah in this game by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that they'll control this game. I wouldn't be at all surprised with a 10-point win for Utah here. I think Witt has repeatedly shown that he can stop great offenses. And when you're going to do to Caleb Williams, like if, if he comes out with that defense, and again, I know Clark Phillips not playing in this game, right? And that's a big loss. But at the same time, Defense is a team sport. If you can come out and be disciplined in your scheme and in your structure, you're going to have a good night. And and to me, I just wouldn't be surprised with a with a, a 10-point victory. That, to me, seems reasonable. I think that's the most they would win by, but I think that's that's what makes sense to me. Hey, we're able to... We're, we're, we're going to control the ball. We're going to play defense. Like That's the style we know Utah plays. So to me... I, I, I would I would love to see a 10-point win out of the Utes tonight. Well, I think, obviously, you're going to have to stop all-world running back Nicholas Singleton. I mean, that he is the guy that makes the, the, the Pistons churn for Penn State. I mean, the guy is just nothing short of sensational. He averages just about 111.5 all-purpose yards a game. But this is a Utah defense that's ready to stop the run. This is a Utah defense that is known for being tough and physical. And I think they're going to have to do a good job against Singleton. I mean, obviously, Clifford is a very experienced quarterback. That's a guy you like a lot. But I think that it is going to be fascinating to see, just looking at some of the numbers for Nicholas Singleton, uh, Big Ten freshman of the year, 941 rushing yards, uh, leading all um, you know bull championship-level freshmen, um, averaging 6.3 yards per carry. I said he's averaging 6.3 yards a carry. Yeah, you're going to have to bring that down. You're going to have to cut that in half. That needs to be three. That needs, That's you unbelievable. Know, like, it, it, but again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here. Like, this kid clearly is talented. You don't put up those kind of numbers in any conference not being talented. But. Well, and they have Katron Allen, who I think is another guy. That's a nice, you know, obviously a left-right combo there a one-two, thunder and lightning, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they're really good at running the ball, and I think that makes Sean Clifford a better quarterback, frankly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a luxury because they're going to have to score a lot of points to beat Utah. I I think it's also going to be interesting to see, you know, how the depth performs behind Dalton Kincaid. That's a huge loss for this Utes offense, a huge loss. And I think you look at Cam Rising, obviously he's somebody that – he makes up for a lot of those guys because he's going to put the football on the spot in the right place in the right time, or at least you would think so. Mm-hmm. Now, are we going to get Oregon and, you know, are we going to get Oregon and Florida cam rising or are we going to get USC cam rising? Because <coughs> I also think those are big questions. So without further ado, let's get your thoughts on it. Uh, what do you like in the Rose Bowl? And let's go back to Jake's idiotic point of how important is the Rose Bowl. I think it's a valid question. You do think it? Yeah, you were like offended that I brought that question up. (laughs) Oh, I I, think it's a ridiculous question. I I don't think it's a ridiculous question. I think that this state 
The, like, I think that Utah is not well-known nationally. I, I think that people have heard of the program but have no idea how good Kyle Whittingham is and have no idea, like, how good this team is. And I think, again, you need to win this game tonight. But but I do think that there are a lot of people in this state who are not from here that that are going to be more excited about NFL than the Rose Bowl. Like, I, I don't think that that's some outlandish question. I don't know that it's outlandish. But I certainly, I certainly, and this is just my opinion, obviously, I think this is the game of the day. I, I think it's much more significant than Monday Night Football. I think it's much more, and what do we get today? We get a couple of other bowl games today, um, obviously. I think we get, let's see. Of course, I don't have it right here in front. Why would I have the bowl scores in front of me? Um, obviously, we get Mississippi State and Illinois today in the Relia Quest Bowl. Neat. I said the rel- the rely. Equi- I don't know who what rel- uh, who uh, you know. Uh, that's at 10 a.m. Then at 11 a.m. on ESPN, we get the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Right. Uh, USC and Tulane, and then at 11 on ABC, it's the Cheez-Its Citrus Bowl. <coughs> Purdue and uh, number 17 Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! So we get a lot of football today. Is there any doubt the Rose Bowl is the biggest game of the day? Yeah. I mean, in college <clears throat> football, the Rose Bowl is easily the biggest game of the day. So you still maintain that Monday Night Football is yeah. more significant than yeah. the Rose I think nationally, it's not even you're, close. You, you, I, like, I think nationally, you know, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, and like, it's, it's playoff NFL football. Like, I, I just don't think that. Like, you want to talk about playing for something? Those two teams are playing for something. Like, if you're outside of the state of Utah, and I'm, and I'm not trying to hate on this guy, but, like, if you're outside of the state of Utah, do you even know the name Kyle Whittingham? Like, with all due respect, is he on a Nick Saban level? I'm just going to put your Twitter handle back up there so everybody yeah, can find please, you and hate you. Please, please. Uh, are you kidding me right now? I'm, it's, it, it's not a dumb question. Is Kyle Whittingham nationally... Known as well as Brian Kelly or or Nick Saban or Jimbo. No, I think or, that I think in college football circles, yes. In yes. the average football fandom, probably not. Does anybody that's a Bengals fan know who Kyle Whittingham is? Probably not. I don't think there's any doubt that Kyle's been disrespected pretty much his entire career. But that's just me. Anyway, all right, let's get your thoughts, Mark Hales. First one in this morning, he says, "Welcome back. Congrats on nine thousand. Thank you so much. Don't forget, we will announce the winner." Uh, of the Donnie Bowl tickets. The Donnie Bowl. <laughs> Are we calling it the Donnie yeah, Bowl? Yeah, we can call it the Donnie Bowl. That's cool. You know, the Donnie Bowl tickets. Right. Uh, we're taking you to see um, Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers next Tuesday night. Hey, good job scheduling Donnie on a Tuesday night. Having fun is the name of the game. Appreciate that. We don't need to sleep or anything. It's fine. Uh, we'll take you plus one to see Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, take on your Utah Jazz. Uh, appreciate that, Mark. What's up, uh, Macho Man? Kanai Johnson says, top of the morning, fellas. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. you. Uh, Maury Alvarez says, welcome back. Hey, Maury. San Diego State, welcome back, Cotters. Okay. Mike Maples, what's up, my guy? Welcome back, gentlemen. Mornings are back. Indeed, they are. They are. It was, it was, it was a long time being off. Mm-hmm. Now, having said that, I would far much rather still be in bed. <laughs> but it's actually good to be back. I miss working when we're not working. Right. 
So it's good to be back. Logan Street, what's up? He says, morning, guys. I had a great Christmas and hope you had a great Christmas and New Year's. Congrats on 9K. I'm getting ready to head over to the granddaddy of them all. Go Utes. Great. Does he, you think he's more excited about the Monday Night Football Yeah, but like he's going to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Optimist, who cares? The Rose Bowl isn't a big deal. National Championship is the only thing that matters. Okay, well, to say Who that... Who cares? The Rose Bowl is a big deal. I, I, I dis, Again, I disagree that the Rose Bowl, it's not something where you can be like, who cares? I'm not saying that. He said, who cares? Yeah. Following up on, uh, you know, your, your unbelievable take of, who cares? Sorry if you're offended by that. <laughs> Uh, WTX1971 says, smash that like button. Yes, please. That's how we got to 9,000. If you all, 73 of you who have not hit the like button, please give us a thumbs up right now. It absolutely helps the channel grow. The Optimist also says, unless Kyle wins the national championship, Lavelle Edwards will always be the king of Utah coaches. I totally disagree. I think if Kyle wins this Rose Bowl, he is he he elevates himself to the top of the food chain. I don't need, I don't know how he would not. Yeah, I mean, I I go both. I struggle with this one. It's you really go good. both ways. Yeah, I struggle with this one because it's. it's Wait, you it's, said you go both ways. Right, I go right, right. Yeah, um, it's it's tough because I think Wit has accomplished a lot of stuff, and I think he's accomplished more than Laval has. But ultimately, you play to win the game. You play for national championships. You play so to win I, the game. I can't necessarily disagree, but I find myself sitting here saying it's a little ridiculous to say that Kyle Whittingham hasn't done more than Lavelle because I think he has. Well, I, I would agree with that. I think it's tough to say that he has not. Yeah. And I think when you look at his accomplishments, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Speaking of accomplishments, hello? Speaking of accomplishments, all of our college football talk on this show presented by our good friends at Barbecue Pit Stop, bbqpitstop.com. Did you get that Traeger smoker of your dreams for Christmas? Man, I hope so. Uh, but don't forget the guys at uh, Barbecue Pit Stop. Yes, they were your holiday shopping home. But if you got those gift cards, if you got Visa gift cards, if you are looking to hook it up for the Rose Bowl today, hey, go get the best seasoning in the world Go get that Asado seasoning at bbqpitstop.com. Visit any of their five locations. Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and of course our good friends in Murray. Um, you can't get better service than you get at Barbecue Pit Stop. And I can tell you, I uh, haven't thrown down some pizza. I haven't thrown down some wings mm -hmm. on the Traeger. I'm telling you, haven't thrown down some briskets on the Traeger. I'm a Traeger guy. But they also have th you know brands like Big Green Egg. Obviously, Yoder makes an unbelievable product. I'm telling you, I'm the Traeger guy. So you just get the Traeger. I'm an Iron 1885 guy. Do it. Fill up the hopper with pellets, plug it in, turn it on, and you're smoking. Yes, you're a, yes, yes. You're a smoking god. It's that simple. At bbqpitstop.com, make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, this idea, I don't know. I, I This whole thing about do you have to win a championship? to be the best ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could go across lines. In college football as a coach, I think that's different. I think it is far more difficult, and it has for 100 years been very limiting to those who actually have a chance to win a national championship. Thus why Lavelle is such a deity in this town. Right. Because he actually did it in 1984. Went undefeated, 13-0, 8-0 in conference. Won the bowl game. Like, just an unbelievable season. But times are so different 
that I think if Kyle wins this Rose Bowl, man, man, I just don't know what else anybody could do. Yeah. I really don't. Strange Clouds. Good morning, friend. How will Bronco Mendenhall be remembered? <laughs> oh, man. A guy who just who took BYU to a point, and that was it. I think Bronco Mendenhall will always be undervalued in this state. Always. I, yeah. I think... I personally think the world of Bronco Mendenhall. I I got to know him a little bit in his time at BYU, and I just think the guy is a superb human being. Great maker of men, um, but he didn't win at the highest level. And I think when you're talking about Kyle Whittingham versus Bronco Mendenhall, like, it's not even a conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I love Bronco, but I just don't think he's in that upper echelon of coaches here. I, I really don't. Mike Maples uh, says, I can't look past a national championship, a Heisman Trophy, an NFL Hall of, uh, Hall of Famers, and multiple Super Bowl winning coaches in his tree. Lavelle has to stay number one. Yeah. I, I mean, you're not wrong. You're not, none of those things are wrong. Yeah. None of them. So I think that's a really good argument. Uh, SA says Rose Bowl is still a big deal. Just ask high school recruits. I would agree with that. Uh, he also says TCU will bring the national championship home. Big 12 is the conference of championships that really matter. Yeah. Right. Well, we could go round and round about that one. Yeah. Uh, Robert <laughs> Peterson says if Kyle were to retire... Who are three head coaches you think Utah should go after? Deion Sanders should not be one of those guys that Utah goes after. Uh, also, I think Utah should uh, go to the Big 12 to stay relevant. I agree. We'll talk about that coming up on the show here in a bit. I, I, don't, I don't know who you replace Kyle Whittingham with. I think it's a, it's a very difficult thing to do i don't think that we should be saying replace kyle whittingham because there's no replacing there kyle is whittingham. not i i i think you, you mentally you have to be like all right the kyle whittingham era of utah football is over so how do we want to begin the next era and who is the next head coach at utah yeah i think that's interesting i think if it if it was up to kyle i i would guess he would say morgan scally um but i don't know i don't know what the answer to that would be i i Frankly, I, I don't like having the conversation while Kyle is still the head coach at Utah because I think it's disrespectful to him. And I, I think I'm always hesitant to go into these conversations of who should we replace who with or because I think it always does an injustice, a disrespect. It always knocks on a guy like Kyle Whittingham when, frankly, today is arguably the most important day of Kyle Whittingham's career. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you look at what a Rose Bowl would mean to his resume, you know, let's wait for him to retire. Then we can have the conversation about who the next head coach should be. Right. That's what feels right to me. I, I don't know. Uh, Lee, good morning to you. I agree with you, Monty. I could care less about the NFL. Yes, Kyle is known everywhere. I don't know that Kyle Whittingham's known everywhere. I think Kirby Smart's known everywhere. I think, you know, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, is known everywhere. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, those, uh, obviously, Nick Saban. I think Kyle Whittingham has largely, and I think a lot by his own doing, flown under the radar at Utah. I don't think Kyle Whittingham's the guy that wants to be on TV. Right. I don't think he's the guy that wants to be front and center. I really don't. Louis Capazzo, good to meet you down in St. George, by the way. We met some of our listeners down in the, yeah. in the GZ at the at Jack the in the Box Jack last in the week. Box. 
Uh, Lewis, good to uh, meet you. What in the hell does Cheez-Its and Citrus have in common? Absolutely nothing. Like, why isn't some orange juice brand sponsoring? Or why isn't the Florida Tourism Bowl? Like, this is the weird. Florida Tourism Bowl. Something. Like, um, it, the Cheez-Its um, Citrus Bowl? Um, what? I agree. I think it's weird. I really do. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, if Utah remains in the future pack blank... Next year may be Utah's last chance to win it all. Could be. Absolutely could be. Could be. I don't think they will. I, I really don't think they will. Uh, all right. SA says, NIL in the transfer portal will destroy Utah's most recent recruiting class. Well, their NIL is really kicked up a notch. I mean, how many commercials did Clark Phillips have? We built this program on NIL. How many commercials did Cam Rising have? Like, Utah somehow got ahead of BYU and NIL. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be so sure about you know, you know, destroying their recent recruiting class. Yeah. That's going to be tough to do. Kids are transferring in, not transferring out at Utah. Yeah. Uh, Kay Sumbry says, go Big 12. Maury Alvarez says, the only reason I want Utah to win is so the Big 3 of the Big 10 goes 0-3 in the postseason. Well. There is something to that. There is something to that. Uh, Lewis says, uh, can the Rose Bowl be filled? Oh, it will be packed. Yeah. yeah. It will be packed. No doubt about it. Um, absolutely. It will be packed. He says, um, hitting the like button is a cheap price to pay for great content. Oh, I yeah. appreciate that. Lewis. Thank you. Uh, Jeremy severe says the thing with Kyle is I feel like he won't get the respect he deserves until after he's done coaching. Totally agree. Totally agree. When we w- look back and check the resume and the big wins and yeah, I totally agree with that. 100%. I agree with that. Q Sam. What's up? Would Kyle be a good coach in the NFL? Uh, I think Kyle would be a good coach anywhere. Kyle's not a guy that puts his foot on your throat and threatens you. Yeah. So that's where guys like, you know, frankly, Pervin Meyer get in trouble. That's where a guy like a, a Nick Saban got in trouble because, hey, I'm telling you right now, I'm pulling your scholarship. Oh, this is the NFL. I can't play that card. Like, that's where guys get in trouble, um, in my opinion. Snooker. What's up? Best of luck to them boys up north in their bowl game. Amen to that. Let's go. If you, it, by the way, you should be hoping Utah wins this game. You shouldn't be a bitter BYU fan. Don't, <laughs> don't be that guy. Kendall Dean, by the way, hope you guys had a great new year. We did. Kendall also says Utah will win the Rose. No competition for Penn State. This is the last Rose Bowl that will mean anything. Going into the future, the Rose will be swallowed up by the college football playoff. Too many bowl games. Mm-hmm. I do think the college football playoff has has really crushed a lot of the lower tier bowls. Like I I think so many guys are opting out. I think transfer portal, NIL, I think all of that stuff has really lessened the value of the bowls. Yep. Yep. I, I think it's not great. Brandon Butler, what's up? Says, Welcome back, slackers. Uh-huh. Yeah, we did. We did. We slacked. Dude. And it was fun. Uh, if Penn State loses, say the Big Ten had a disaster of a bowl season. Totally they did. agree. They did. Totally agree. Um, Rich, <laughs> Richard McDonald says, I also support Utah hiring Gary Croton. Can we get the bib uniforms at Utah if Gary Croton gets a job? <coughs> Those are the worst uniforms <coughs> ever. The bib. The worst. Come on. SA says, as a BYU fan, I think Utah needs to hire Gary Croton. A Gary Croton type coach. He, oh man, no man, you don't want that. Uh, D Rock Irish, what's up? Go Irish. 
I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, for those of you that are new to the show. Uh, good morning from Southwest Florida. Good to see you, D-Rock. Hope you were uh, D-Rock. fantastically well. D-Rock. You know. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says, uh, Bronco Mendenhall is a future Utah head coach. Well, there's something to that. Eh. There's something to that. No doubt about that. Um, yeah, I don't know. You know what? To me, I think this whole... If, if we're talking about the future of college football, right? You, you really, we need to get to the bottom of this Big 12, Pac-12 thing. Coming up in 15 minutes, we're going to give you the latest on the uh, Pac-12 TV deal and how that impacts the Big 12, because I do think it impacts the Big 12 significantly. Uh, I think Utah has to get to the Big 12. I, I don't even think there's a conversation. The The... I think the Pac-12 is in such a bad spot right now. I And I, I don't know how you get out of it. And for the first time, and I know that when we talk about George Klyovkak, mm-hmm. usually it's it's not good. Uh-oh. But for the, and, and write this time down, it's 6.45 a.m. on Monday, January 2nd. Right. I don't know that there's anything George Klyovkak could have done to save the Pac-12. I think Larry Scott is the devil. And now, having said that, I think George Klyavkok could be the devil incarnate because mm-hmm. I just think he's a detestable person right. and a terrible leader based on his actions that we've seen and, and what I believe are the lies that he's told, in repeatedly, my opinion. Repeatedly. I think he is he has acted in an absolutely embarrassing, unprofessional, just morally bankrupt fashion George Klyovkok has. Yeah, well, and I think the, the the real shame in it is the PAC didn't need to be here. You know, like the Pac-12 didn't need to be here. The Pac-12 no, should didn't. be the best conference in the country, both on the field and off the field. And it's not. And it's frustrating. And 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 I think that, you know, I think it will be good for college football when the pack gets uh, dissolved because that is going to happen eventually. I don't know when, but we're heading down that path now. And I think that that programs like Oregon or Washington or Utah, um, formerly SC, you know, the, that level of program needs to go to a go to a uh, conference that can be productive. And I think you know, productive looks like good TV deals. Productive looks like helping your schools recruit so then they can win football games, which makes you more money, which allows you to go and do more. It all is one vicious cycle that feeds itself. So when you're not doing what you should be doing, it's a very negative cycle, Uh, you know, and on the other side of that, when you are, it's a really positive cycle. So when I see, you know, Brett Yormark, commissioner of the Big 12 on the field after Duggan did some Duggan, like... Duggan did some Duggan. By the way, I didn't see, like, am I going to see... George Klyovkok on the field after the game tonight? Yeah, I would guess you would. But here's Brett Yormark talking about TCU um, after their, what I think they physically dominated Michigan. Here is the commissioner of the Big 12, the honorable, the respectable. I don't have his majesty. (laughs) Here's Brett Yormark talking about TCU. Well, listen, they were the underdog, but they didn't know that. And they played like champions. It unfolded on the field today. It was fantastic. So proud of TCU, the coaching staff, uh, everyone that's part of the program. And this was great for college football. 
And, um, you know, I always tell people, if you work hard, good things happen. And TCU has worked so hard this year. And they deserve the accolades. And they deserve going to the championship game. So it's a very exciting time for the conference, for sure. Hey, Kleovcock, that's called class. Program. Take note. That's called, well, that's not a jazz so reference. This is a j- this is, you know. It's a different, you know. Um. Uh, the point is, I mean, that's exactly what your commissioner should be saying. Yeah. That's exactly what your commissioner should be saying. And I, I, I just, it, it is so disappointing as a huge fan of the, the Pac-12 to see the way that George Kleovcock, which, by the way, apparently Richard McDonald's a big fan of saying George Kleovcock. <laughs> I will never. <laughs> that's his name from here to four, forever. He just does not drip the way that your mark drips. Like the guy, the guy has it all. Yeah. And for my money, I, 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 it is incredibly disappointing to see the damage that, that the Pac-12 continues to do to itself. Because, again, I think this is a fabulous conference with really good brands. And now you're losing Los Angeles. You have to be aggressive. And coming up here again in 10 minutes, we're going to talk about Amazon, Pac-12 expansion, timelines, all that stuff. But George Klyovkov, in my opinion, is destroying this conference further. He is not, you know, rebuilding what was eroded. He is further eroding the, the foundation of the Pac-12. And I, I, think it's a, I think it's a real tragedy. I really do. 10 to the hour, every hour on the Monty Show, we bring you football at 50, presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. That's right. Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Again, I had it over the weekend. Nice little crust, little barbecue sauce. In fact, again, Double barbecue sauce. Yeah. Crust, traditional crust, double barbecue sauce. And then do your thing, man. You want bacon, you want whatever sausage, you do that. Mushroom, onion, green onion, mozzarella. Oh, I'm telling you, it's the best pizza you ever have. Throwing on the Traeger smoker, and now you're cooking with gas. Uh, speaking of the Big Ten, can we talk about our guy, Jim Harbaugh? The Harbinator. Just while I describe this story, ask yourself this question inside your cranium and then comment on it. Is Jim Harbaugh a championship caliber coach? A huge question. Because Jim Harbaugh, by accounts of NFL insiders from both NFL Network and ESPN, Jim Harbaugh is arguably the hottest coaching candidate in the National Football League. You know, Jim Harbaugh, who has, I think, a 2-7 now career bowl record. Jim Harbaugh, who got to the biggest moment and the 49ers couldn't execute. Jim Harbaugh, who never wins anything of consequence, is the hottest candidate in the National Football League and is said to be the leading candidate in Denver because of his ties to Stanford and one Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza. She's in the ownership group. She is one of the people leading the search for a new coach. She's a Stanford alum. She was a Jim Harbaugh supporter at Stanford. I don't know. 
I'm not a Jim Harbaugh guy. I would not hire him to be my head coach because, you know, I like winning championships. Right. Which is why I'm a Chicago Bears fan. Unfortunately, we don't do that in Chicago ever. But is Jim Harbaugh a winning coach? No, he's not a winning coach. He, he hasn't been a winner ever. Like, I think Jim Harbaugh had his best days with the 49ers, and that was it. Like, after that, you you there just hasn't been too much else. Like, I give the guy credit for getting to the semifinal. That's a great accomplishment. That's neat. But, like, you lost. And, and this is why I say, like, you you play to win championships. So when you're 2-7 in bowls, when you're 2-7 in games that matter, especially when you play in a really soft Big Ten conference that where it's you and the Ohio State and that's it, like, you have to be better than that, Jim. Like, you know that. You have to be better in games that matter. So, to me, no, it's unequivocal. He's not a winning head coach. And I don't know how you find a way to make the case that he is. Because I, my opinion is it's not good enough just to get to the Rose Bowl, Kyle. It's not good enough just to get to the semifinal, Jim. Like, you need to win these games. Then you're legitimized. So, to me, I don't think Jim is, is a winning head coach. And I think... To correct that, you would either need to coach in college football for probably another five years and win some bowls or go to the NFL and go to the playoffs immediately. Yeah, I don't view Jim Harbaugh as a championship caliber coach. I really don't. And, I, and it's just he's one of those guys who will build a great roster of talent and then he will just erode that because he's just an a-hole. That's who Jim Harbaugh is, having covered him in San Francisco, having... You know, the videos on our channel, actually, I believe, still of, of the day Colin Kaepernick took Alex Smith's job. And he's just an a-hole, Jim Harbaugh. And I think his guys get to the, the biggest moments and they don't perform. So to me, the idea that he's the leading candidate for the Denver Bronco job is shocking, hysterical. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Papa Murphy's Pizza presents football at 50, 10 of the hour every hour. Make sure you use the promo code MATI25. Uh, speaking of the National Football League, um, one comment I want to go back to. Um, you know, how about Richard McDonald said, how about BYU having two NFL running backs over 1,000 yards this season? Yeah. Who's that? Because Tyler Algier and Jamal Williams don't have 1,000 yards. I don't believe. So tell me who you're talking about. Um, Denver should uh, drop off the Brinks truck for Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's not leaving no. USC. Lincoln Riley's not, in my opinion, there's just no chance that would happen. None whatsoever. Uh, Rick Forster says, how about them Giants? Well, you might have beat me to the punch there. I think the Giants absolutely, positively, got the biggest win of the weekend. Because the, the New York football giants now are over the boat picture. Remember that boat picture last time they were in the playoffs? They all went down and got on a boat and like took a vacation and then came back and got swooped? Well, they haven't even... I mean, they haven't been a competitive team since that picture until now. And I think the biggest win wasn't for the Giants. I think the biggest win was for Daniel Jones, who I think I've been the only round... Well, I'm round in shape, too. Right, I've been the right. only guy that has supported Daniel Jones through and through. And now that Brian Dayball is the head coach of the Giants, Brian Dayball. I, I think the New York Giants are absolutely the winner of the NFL yesterday. Yeah, I mean, they had it, obviously a huge win, crucial win, but, but I love how people are just skipping over the fact 
that Tom Brady has once again won his division. And I know the South is some embarrassing division. It's terrible, right? Like, I know it's not a good division. But I just think it speaks volumes that the guy is on SportsCenter seemingly every day throwing his Microsoft Surface at somebody, <laughs> and he still won the division. Like, I think that that was a big but deal dude, yesterday. The big deal about Tom Brady is this is 14 consecutive years Tom Brady's in the playoffs. Yeah, dude. But I said 14 consecutive 14, years. not one or two or three, 14. And, by the way, that he had 432 yards and three touchdowns to Mike Evans. Can I just ask a question? Basic question. I'm not a football coach right i'm not a football coach how many times can your safety get beat by mike evans can i just ask that question how Dude, many times they threw for 411 yards tampa did and they only ran for 67 mike evans yesterday 10 for 207 and three scores chris godwin nine for 120 and i'll just again go and say that i think levante david is one of the baddest dudes on the planet i mean he is just I, I, there. If he's there's a, a it, he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's unbelievable. But without going too far, Sam Darnold had an incredible game yesterday. And I know three forty-one, three scores, the interception. Okay, I totally get that. This guy is resurrecting his career in, in Carolina. It'll fly under the radar. What do you think? Like, is there any truth to? Hey, he got to spend time around someone like Baker who's been in the league for six years. No, I think what it, it it wasn't that Baker's some great mentor. Baker's got drip. He's got attitude. Baker Mayfield today thinks he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Right. And I love that about the guy because, it, it, again, it it's what guys like Sam Darnold don't have. They don't have swagger. They don't have, hey, I'm a bad MFer. And then you spend time around a guy like Baker Mayfield, and it can't help but be infectious. Yeah. And oh, by the way, oh, by the way, Carolina, if they don't keep Steve Wilkes as a head coach, it would be shocking because what he's done to keep Carolina in the playoff picture is nothing yeah, short of miraculous. Nothing short of miraculous. Now, having said that, there is this little situation in Green Bay. Yeah. Your guy, Kirk Cousins, sucks. He is not my guy. Do and not I know, put that on me. That I know how much you love and respect. Listen, if it's not 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm not taking Kirk Cousins. Just saying. Aaron Rodgers, if you're new to this show, you know that I think Aaron Rodgers is scum of the earth. So does his family. His family hates him, too. <laughs> I mean, they hate him way more than I hate him. I'm not an Aaron Rodgers guy. Right. Now, what they've done, this winning streak, and they're probably going to you know, go to the playoffs because Detroit's going to collapse. Totally get it. But are you really telling me that Aaron Rodgers is the guy after his unbelievable, unmatched 195-yard performance oh with no touchdowns and an interception yesterday to lead the Green Bay Packers to a victory over <laughs> Minnesota? Is he the guy after the game who should be standing up there and sipping his ayahuasca tea? Oh, excuse me. Let me get the one finger up. Sipping his ayahuasca tea, saying, now what? Hey, for all the haters, now what? Shut up. Go win the game against Detroit. Because isn't it classic Green Bay suckers? They get to this big game at home. Oh, Lambeau Field. The NFC Championship our, game our, against Tom and Scotty Miller. Our, our season ticket holders own the team. What's up? We're going to lose this one, too. <laughs> Wouldn't this be 
so on brand for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers during his tenure where he's led the led, team. led the Packers to this greatness. Wouldn't it be just like Aaron Aaron Rodgers to choke on a D and lose this game to Detroit next weekend? Yes, yes. You didn't get that line. Choke on a D, like for Detroit, a D, like a right. for Detroit. It's, a, it's D, but it's also D. You see what he did there? No, it's D for Detroit. Right. I don't know. I I don't know what you're right. thinking, right. but you should grow up. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Papa Murphy's does meatballs? Oh, oh, I think you mean I do the meatballs and marinara. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Well, we do it with savory ground beef covered in tangy tangy marinara. That's how, honey. At Papa Murphy's, we make great pizza. And don't forget the meatballs. Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. Dude, don't forget the meatballs when you order your Papa Murphy's pizza in the Papa Murphy's app that you've downloaded on your phone. Use the promo code MONTY25. I will say... We had amazing Italian, Italian in Huntington Beach over the holiday. Right. And you're damn right I had them meatballs. I'm telling you, the meatballs at Papa Murphy's are amazing. Get them in the app. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. It is 7 o'clock on the Monty Show. Welcome back. Happy 2023. We enjoyed our time off. It is nice to be back. Good to see all of you, 141 of you watching the show live right now. Everyone, please hit the like button. It really does help the show grow. Um, yes, we are going to announce the winner. I see some people asking about, hey, who do you, you know, who do you have XYZ? Okay, well, we're going to announce that winner at 8:30. Yep. So in about 90 minutes, we're going to announce the winner that we are taking to the Jazz Cavs game next Tuesday. And we got really good seats, by the way. We did, actually. And Excellent I, seats. I tweeted out the I tweeted out the seat location. Yeah. And we're just so humbled and thrilled that you guys are supporting this show. We have nine thousand subscribers. Crazy. And it's funny, I was laying in bed last night without a shirt on, and I was looking <laughs> through some memories uh, on Facebook. And what came up? Well, what came up while I was laying in bed without a shirt on Donnie, was please. <laughs> A graph or a picture, a screen grab from two years ago when we had 80 subscribers. Damn. Two years ago on this date, we had 80 subscribers. And we I went back and looked at our numbers. We were doing 32 views for the entire show. Don't play intramurals, brother. Right? We were playing intramurals, brother. <laughs> so to be two years later and be at 9,059 subscribers on this channel is so humbling and we are so grateful and so thankful to you guys because without you, we couldn't do what we do. So that's why we do things like take you to Utah Jazz games. That's why we do things like we have a great, amazing promotion coming up for spring training. Like we have all this stuff happening. My 50th birthday celebrations coming up. You guys are gonna love that. Like we have all this stuff coming up. It's just remarkable how you guys have supported this show for the last two years. I just, the transition to YouTube was not easy. Yeah. You guys have been fantastic. So thank you so much. Uh, you know, let's see. Sean Mirzinski wants to know if we were in Newport. He says, you know, we're down there all the time. Well, you're a baller, Mirzinski. That's what that says to me. 
wait, you guys were in Newport? I'm down there all the time. We love Newport. Yeah. What's up? Um, all right. That'll be at 830. We'll, you know, knob, shob, snob, shine knob, some more. Shob. This show is presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business, no matter where you are. Here in the great state of Utah, Idaho, Arizona, our friends at The Advocates are the best injury attorneys in the business. And if you're in Utah this morning, please drive slowly. The roads are an absolute disaster. They have been a wreck all weekend. If you've gotten in a wreck, theadvocates.com. If you're asking yourself, hey, I got in this car accident, do I need an attorney? Theadvocates.com. If you're asking yourself, was that my fault? That wasn't my fault. He was on his phone and ran a red light and hit me, theadvocates.com, because they understand how difficult it is when your car's totaled. You've been injured in an accident. You don't know what to do. You're relying on your insurance company, which is never the right thing to do. They understand that. They're going to fight for you so you can get back to work, so you can get healthy. They'll defer your medical bills. You never reach into your pocket for representation at the advocates. See, because you don't pay the advocates a penny until they win your case at, at theadvocates.com. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. I'm telling you, you can't go wrong with theadvocates.com. All right, let's talk some uh, Pac-12, Big 12 football. We have the very latest details on the TV deal uh, with the Pac-12 and Amazon and ESPN. And we've been telling you about this for some months now. Since the Pac-12 opened up early negotiations and the window and exclusivity and you know the exclusive window passed with ESPN, Fox, you know that went by the boards. You know that in this time since the negotiations started that Fox Sports has told the Pac-12 we have no interest and we will not be bidding on tier one rights. We've told you that first here on the Monty Show. We've told you that ESPN has not only stopped viewing Amazon as a competitor, they've embraced Amazon's place in the streaming marketplace, which you may think is of no consequence. But when you quickly realize that ESPN is not only not competing with Amazon, they are embracing them, they're using Amazon as a point of leverage in their negotiations with the Pac-12. You start to understand that a company like Amazon has said to the Pac-12, we're not overpaying for this. We want to have your tier one rights. Amazon has told the Pac-12, we'd like to have your tier one rights for basketball and football on Prime Video. Amazon has told the Pac-12 that, but we're not gonna overpay for that. So meanwhile, what does that do with the ESPN-Amazon relationship? It takes away the ability of the Pac-12 to go back to Amazon and say, well, hey, I'm going to go to ESPN or go to ESPN and say, well, okay, if you don't want to pay them, we're going to go to Amazon. They don't have that ability right now. And furthermore, the other thing that's really impacted the Pac-12's ability to get a new TV deal is the way that Fox and ESPN handled the Big 12 TV deal, which was to split the pot from football and basketball. Because we now know that ESPN wanted the lion's share of the Big 12 football package and they got it because Fox wanted the lion's share of Big 12 basketball and they got it. And the Big 12 was able to negotiate into those deals the ability to expand. And if they add a P5 program, they can get level compensation for that. The Pac-12 has not done that. So the news that came out last week exclusively here on the Monty Show 
well on Twitter, uh, is that several teams in the Pac-12 are hesitant to sign their grant of rights with the conference for Amazon Prime Video because there's a lot of questions around the conference and among membership. Is Amazon Prime a good fallback position, if you will, which is the language that was used to me, is Amazon Prime a fallback position to an ESPN and Fox Sports deal? And would people of influence, meaning would those that decide the hierarchy and positions in things like, I don't know, the college football playoff, will they go to Amazon Prime simply to watch Pac-12 football? And there's a lot of doubt around the conference if that would happen and if being on Amazon Prime brings more actual eyeballs to watch Pac-12 sports, football and basketball as the Pac-12 network. And a lot of people have said, well, I'm not sure that being on Amazon is without doubt a larger viewing audience than the current deal that the Pac-12 has. And Jake, I think that's a really salient question to ask. I think it's important. Yeah, and we've talked all about how it's a pain in the butt to have to flip around. Like, not not only to 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 have to change channels, right? I mean, that that as a sports fan is kind of what we do, right? Like, if you're a DirecTV customer, or, or in this case, since we're talking about the Pac-12, you'd have to be a Dish Network, you know, customer to get the Pac-12 network, obviously. So, like, if you're on satellite, you're happy to flip around. That's what we do. But this whole concept of, all right, now I got to get my actual, you know, the rem little remote that came with my smart TV, because most TVs are smart now, and I got to flip over to another app, and I got to, you know, I got to get through the home screen, and then I got to search for it, and that, you know, like, so it's just kind of this pain in the butt, and so I think it is a great point, and I understand why a school like Oregon or a school like Washington, again, these major players, why they have hesitation about that, but what I'm here to say is I'm playing percentages. So like what I mean by that is we know and we can look up the newest number or whatever, but we know that there's, you know, 100 150 million prime accounts in the United States. We know that. The numbers say that from Amazon. So if I know that okay, you've got let's just call it 150 million people in the US who have Amazon Prime accounts, which obviously means they get Prime Video. Let's say that even half of those people 50 million let's let's just go with 50 million if you get a pool of 50 million people who you know regularly watch your pac-12 content i i would think that that would be a good thing i would think that that would be more than you get already but who's really to say the problem is is that you don't have a strong position you're on the pac-12 network you're not on espn you're not on some nationally you know, relevant network. And that's really the problem. So to me, when we're getting comments earlier in the show about how Utah needs to go to the Big 12 or Oregon needs to leave a conference, like that's where this becomes front and center that George Klyovkov is not getting the job done. You have to find a better solution than this if you want your schools to sign on to grant of rights. Yeah, and I, I think that the main talking point here, without a doubt, is... Oregon wants out of the Pac-12. That's what this says to me because sources told us last week that Oregon is leading a group of schools um, that are balking at a, an Amazon deal. And I think it is a really, I actually don't think it's a play to get out of the conference, but I think it's a really savvy question to ask. Yeah. And I know it seems ridiculous almost to what you were saying, but there are more viewers available 
on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. There's no question about that. The question is, are there more Pac-12 viewers on Amazon Prime Video than the Pac-12 network, than ABC and Fox? That, to me, is the biggest question. Because I don't buy into the fact that just because you have, you know, what was it, 144 million Prime accounts. Yeah. And all of those have access to Prime Video. I don't believe that you have 144 Pac-12 football view, 144 million Pac-12 football viewers. Well, and furthermore, I'd be curious to know what. So, like, who does Oregon want to view the product, right? Because there's this, there's always the conversation in any business model. Hey, what what set of eyeballs do I want seeing it? Do I want like is the target just to get after replacing the Pac-12, the 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 pure Pac-12 football fan? Or do I want to reach this broader audience that maybe is a Georgia fan, but is really a, a, a you know, a every week in, week out college football fan? Do I want to reach that person? Well, obviously, yes, you do. So to me, from that standpoint, if we're talking about big picture and getting more eyeballs who are football fans on your product, I think Amazon is a no-brainer. But I think this concept that Oregon has brought up and that we've talked about a lot of, you know, having to go to an app or like how easy is it to access the content? I think what doesn't get brought up enough, and this is what I'd be saying if I was George Klavcock, hey, we're on people's phones with the Amazon deal. Do you understand that, Oregon? Do you understand that, Washington? We're on people's phones now. They don't have to worry about having a direct TV you know, contract that allows them to stream and then pulling up the app, like, it's Amazon. We can't forget that. Like, people use Amazon every day. There's a built-in comfort, unlike the Pac-12 network. There is no comfort. I don't know the Pac-12 network. I I can honest to God say, I think I've watched the Pac-12 network maybe twice in my entire life, and that was at a bar a couple of times. I've never been at my house and, and was like, yeah, hey, wow, I need to turn on the Pac-12 network. You know what I did? When Utah was on Pac-12 Network, yeah, I, I checked the ESPN box score because I don't have access to Pac-12 Network, and that's the reality of it. Well, I also think that what Amazon's doing, and I don't know, probably nobody follows what Amazon does, but Amazon is launching a sports-only app so that what to what Jake was talking about, Amazon is on your phone, and you can watch Amazon Prime Video on your phone. They're launching a standalone sports app so that let's say they do wind up with the Pac-12 football and basketball rights, you can watch Pac-12 football on your phone. That's something, and I agree with you 100%. I think that's been an Achilles heel for the conference, that you have not been easily and readily able to find Pac-12 sports. You don't know where it is. You got to look it up. For instance, if you play that off of the Big Ten, if you play that off of the Big 12, mm -hmm. if you play that off of BYU, for instance, I know that every time BYU is playing a football game, it's likely going to be on one of the ESPN networks. I know where to find BYU football. If I want to watch Utah football, I don't know where to find that. Um, if I want to watch, it's ridiculous to me. And obviously USC is in the prime window most times. Right. But there are weeks during the season where you don't know where to watch USC football. And it, it's crippling. I'm a, I'm a DirecTV diehard, loyalist. I love DirecTV. I don't have access to Pac-12 Network unless I go and subscribe to somebody else's platform. Right. That's the biggest issue. And again, remember who you're talking to. I'm a diehard Pac-12 football fan. Huge Pac-12 football fan. I'm, I'm really passionate about it. I can't watch the most important games because I don't know where to find them. So this is a huge tipping point because remember how grant of rights are signed and executed. 
it's a school like Oregon that will sign a grant of rights of their rights for their sports to the Pac-12 conference, who then goes and signs a deal with Amazon. And so what this current situation is, hey, we're the Pac-12, we're negotiating a deal with Amazon, we've come to a deal, okay, Oregon, here's the deal we've come to, please sign your grant of rights now. And if if Oregon doesn't wanna do that deal and they don't sign their grant of rights, there is no deal. Because Amazon's not doing a deal with the Pac-12 without Oregon. Yeah. And nobody is. And I think the other schools that you're looking at in this situation, if our sources are correct, it is Oregon, Washington, and Cal. And really, when I say Cal, it is the, the UC Board of Regents who are going to take a real hard look at whatever TV deal the Pac-12 does before they sign off on that deal. And I think Cal is going to get significant oversight on any contracts they sign that are as lucrative as the next Pac-12 TV deal needs to be. I think, I think Cal's going to have a real tough time signing that grant of rights if it's not for certain that more views and more money and more opportunity will come to the Pac-12 members if they do a deal with Amazon. The other problem here obviously is there is a domino waiting to fall. And I think a lot of people need to understand this as well. When you look at the Big 12, the Big 12 is simply waiting for the Pac-12 to implode because both of those conferences need to and will likely expand. I don't think there's any doubt about Mm -hmm. that. I think a month from now, we've probably had more invitations sent out. I I don't think there's any doubt about that because I think from what my sources in the TV industry are telling me, I think that the Pac-12 will have a TV deal in place one way or another I would say within 10 to 21 days at the latest, the Pac-12 will have a deal in place. And I think if that happens, the moment that the Pac-12 puts a deal in place, I think the Big 12 is going to, going to, I think, get far more aggressive. Because if it were me, you look at, if, and I'm Brett Yormark in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I'm absolutely on Gonzaga. I'm absolutely on San Diego State. I'm absolutely on SMU. I'm trying to add any of those schools. I'm also aggressively on Oregon and Washington. I don't think Oregon and Washington want anything to do with the Big 12. I think Oregon and Washington, if they don't end up with the Big 10, which by the way, one other story you got to watch, Commissioner Kevin Warren of the Big 10 is a finalist and I think the likely next president of the Chicago Bears. That's right, T. If Kevin Warren leaves the Big 10, that's one of the prime jobs in all of sports. Yes. I'm curious how that impacts an Oregon-Washington expansion proposal. Because I think once this, this, this Pac-12 TV deal brings some clarity, and I think it's before they sign ink to paper, I think if you're Utah, if you're Colorado now with Deion Sanders, you've raised your level of exposure. How are you not looking at Arizona, Arizona State, Utah, and in, in Colorado if you're the Big 12? Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Oh, man, it makes a lot of sense. But you'd have to do that before they sign that grant of rights. Yeah, and I just don't think that people are stupid as far as these West Coast schools go and the pack goes. Like, you can't tell me that, that Phil Knight and his pocketbook aren't sitting here saying, oh, man, like, you know, we're going to have opportunities. You know, they probably have more information on Kevin Warren's situation than, than obviously we do. Like, I think people probably know what Kevin Warren's going to do. 
you know, when you have stories being released about how he's, quote, a final candidate, I agree with you. He's likely the guy, you know. So if we think and we can draw the assumption he's likely the guy, you can't tell me that, you know, Phil Knight or any of these other guys don't know what he's going to do. And so, you know, if you know what Kevin Warren's going to do, if you know the position the Big 12 is in, if you're Oregon, why would you sign a a 25, even a $30 million a year grant of rights deal? Why, Why would you sign your grant of rights a way to go and have Georgie Poo go and do that deal. Well, Why would you do that? And I think what you're looking at, if you are the, the Pac-12, I think you are looking at a $20 million per school deal. If they stay together as 10 schools, if the Pac-12 stays as 10 schools, I think they're looking at for their tier one rights, $20 million a year per school, $200 million total. I think if they're able to expand and and again, I know I'm the only one that thinks they're valuable, but I think that San Diego State and SMU, and I don't know how you're the big you're the Pac-10 and you're not going after those guys. How are you not trying to get a footprint back in Southern California? How are you not trying to get into into the Texas market? Yeah, I, I mean it makes a lot of sense financially. I I I don't know how you pass on that. Because you have to find a way to cement your future. And expansion expansion's the only way to do that. But I don't think that Gonzaga is an option. I think Gonzaga wants to join the Big 12. And hey, if I'm the Pac-12, I'm absolutely offering Gonzaga a, a place in our conference. As a, it, heck, they're not a football school, obviously, but they have a great athletic tradition and an athletic department that goes beyond basketball. If I'm Gonzaga, I, I, I would... I would think they'd want to join the the Big 12. Anybody see Kansas and Oklahoma State over the weekend? Anyone see that game? I mean, I I just think when you look at the two conferences that are most intriguing to me are the Big 12 and the Mountain West because I think the Mountain West is absolutely somebody that has a chance to take a big jump forward. You just hired a sensational new commissioner who is now, by the way, in control uh, of the of the the Mountain West, they have a new commissioner that's now active. Her contract kicked in on the first. I'm for real. Craig Thompson's no longer in control there. I think you're going to see a tremendous spurt of growth here. If you're the Mountain West, you have a chance to take a big jump forward. You remember where Gonzaga is? They're in the WCC for basketball, yeah. and while that's been a fine conference that they've dominated. I think that Gonzaga basketball needs a bigger home. And I think they need to show that they can compete on a national level week in and week out because there's a lot of people who think that they are already in the tournament because they play in the WCC. Gonzaga. And, and I don't know how you disagree with that. Yeah. So I, I'm curious, does Gonzaga play for national championships and play at the level that they've played if they're in the Big 12 or the Pac-12 over the last 10 years? And I got to tell you, they probably don't. Yeah. So... It's going to be really interesting to see what happens. All right, let's get your comments in here uh, on Amazon and the Pac-12. Richard McDonald says, not a Pac-12 fan, as I feel they screwed my Cougs for years. Do you really feel like the Pac-10 and 12 screwed your BYU Cougars? I don't think they screwed the Cougars. They definitely looked down their nose at the Cougars, though. Yeah, but without independence, BYU's not where they are now. I think independence was really vitally important for, for BYU. Um. Richard says, but Amazon is a, is way better than what the, the PAC has now for watching, in my opinion. The PAC-12 network is a joke. It is a joke. 
I agree with that. Uh, Rick Fowler says, since NFL games went to Amazon for Thursday night, I have not watched one game and I have Amazon Prime. Well, I got to tell you, you're the only one then. Because Thursday night football numbers have been nice on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Thursday night football has done really, and the games haven't been great. But you see what I mean? They're playing, that's, but like they're playing the percentages. The only reason they're getting 13, 14 million viewers on Amazon Prime is because it's Amazon Prime. People already have it. It's easy. Right, like if you're, like I, I, like if you're a college student, let's say, and you're a football junkie, and you're in your dorm, how easy is it to pull up Amazon Prime Video app on your phone? It's easy. It's ten bucks a month, bro. Like it's not some hundred dollar, hundred and fifty dollar Direct TV package with the hockey package yeah. and like you know baseball and NFL and rugby and like all these different options. Like no, it's Amazon Prime. It's ten bucks a month. It's easy, and you can watch really high-quality streaming. Like, that's what you need. Yeah, I mean, if they're doing, I mean, if you're doing, I don't know what, 10 million, 10 to 15 million viewers a game on Thursday Night Football, you're not, my guess is, and I think the number is over uh, broadcast television, they're down 10% or something like that. Their December numbers were great. Mm -hmm. Like, it just... You're you're still doing like 15 million viewers a week. Yeah, that is those are good numbers on dog matchups, on dog matchups. So for for my money, I, I think Amazon Prime is absolutely viable, absolutely viable. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says you'll need two or three TVs on a on the regular and one on ESPN Plus and or one on Amazon. Well, I, I think that's the reality now that we face. I, I, because I don't think you can have one TV and flip back and forth from Amazon Prime Video to ABC. It drives me crazy doing that. Because it takes way longer than flipping channels. It's yeah. not flipping channels. Yep. John Coy says, most people use Amazon Prime for shipping, not watching. Prime Video is a good platform. And as much as you as a lot of people want to hate on Amazon... Amazon Prime Sports is coming. Yeah. I mean, whether you want it to or not, it's coming. Uh, Big Daddy Magic says, hey, players, Utah Utes win big Rose Bowl. Well, they better. Um, and shopping, John Coy says, yeah. I mean, most people, when you think about Amazon, you think about shopping. But I think that, again, Amazon is smart for rolling in Prime Video into your Prime membership. That's brilliant. Yep, I agree with that. Um, I think it was Mike was asking. Uh Mike says, uh, what about Amazon buying Pac-12 networks? Why is nobody talking about that? Well, number one, I think it's because Amazon doesn't need to buy Pac-12 networks. (laughs) Amazon, and I think what a lot of people don't know, um, is that Amazon does not produce Thursday night football. NBC Sports produces Thursday night football. Amazon does not have infrastructure or uh, trucks and control rooms and... So there's a lot of people who think, well, hey, they'll just buy Pac-12 networks. From what I've been told, they will use a partner. They will probably use ESPN and ABC to produce their college football and basketball stuff. They will pay to have that done. In the future, my guess is they will do something different than that. But I would think in the near term, the problem is it's so fat. It packs 12 networks. Like yeah. you don't need eight streams. You don't need eight feeds for pack 12 networks. You don't need that. They have a lot of infrastructure that simply is wasted. 
what Amazon needs is a streamlined way to broadcast their football product. That's what they don't have right now. So again, they contract with NBC to produce those Thursday night games. I don't know why they wouldn't do the same thing. Eventually, they're going to have to have their own production house. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to have to do that. I don't think they will do that with with, uh, Pac-12 Networks. That doesn't make financial sense because you're going to pay an inflated cost for that. And I just don't think they would, I don't think they would want to do that. I think it's a very valid question, but I don't think that they would, they would do that. That's just me. Provo Cougar fan says the old Mountain West TV platform was worse than the Pac-12 network. Oh, by far. Yeah. The Mountain West network was a disaster, an absolute disaster. Uh, Lee says, I have Prime, but I have never watched a football game on it, and I surely will not be going to Prime to watch Pac-12 football. That is the, the Oregon argument right there. Will you go to Amazon Prime Video to watch USC and Utah? Where do you watch your football? That's a big question. Now, if you're in the state of Utah, you're going to go and watch Utah wherever they are. If you're a Utah Ute alum or a fan, you're going to go to Amazon Prime Video. But if you are a Washington State fan and you're on bye week, are you going to Prime Video to watch Utah and whoever? Are you going to watch any Pac-12 game because it's on? If you are a college football committee member, college football playoff committee member, are you going to Prime Video to watch Utah and Oregon? Probably not. Probably not. You're not watching now. Yeah, I mean, we've discussed how proficient those people are at reading box scores, so, you know, probably not. We'll see. Lee says, I think Kevin Warren leaving is bad news for Oregon and Washington. Kevin wanted more expansion, and the presidents do not want more expansion. I agree with that. I think Kevin Warren has done a fantastic job. The guy is a stud. And and I just don't know. I don't know how how you don't respect what the guy has done. Like, I think he has been nothing short of sensational for them. Uh, little Jizzy says, why would the pack ever take Colorado over BYU? Exactly right. They would never do that. <laughs> right. They wouldn't, they would never <laughs> do that. Uh, N endo nuts, by the way, endo nuts, by the way, yeah. don't donuts sound amazing right now. Yeah. Uh, pack wants a deal. Amazon wants a good deal. Amazon has huge reach. Does it though? Does it have huge reach? I don't know. Uh, Gonzaga has three local pack schools benefiting traveling fans. Well, I don't think it's a matter of benefiting traveling fans. Mm -hmm. I think if you look at Gonzaga and you look at their fit in the pack 12 versus the big 12 Gonzaga, I I mean, geographically Gonzaga fits much better in the pack 10, right? There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But if the big 12 adds pack 12 schools, that's a different story. And again, for a school that, that its athletic department is built on the revenue generated by basketball and as down as Pac-12 basketball has been, I don't know how if you're Gonzaga, you're not staring directly at Kansas and saying to yourself, hey, let's get in that conference. Yeah. How are, like, it, it makes more sense from a financial standpoint, I think, for Gonzaga to join the, the, the Big 12 than it does a Pac-12. Yeah. That's just, that's just my opinion, though. Uh, Gumby Too Sexy says, guys, 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 welcome back, guys. Thank you. <laughs> hey, guys. Love hey, it. guys. Uh, Louis Capazzo says, George is filling his pocket all while killing the pack. Totally agree with that. 
Uh, Mike Maples, uh, how did your mark handle losing OU in Texas compared to what Georgie has done since USC and UCLA announced they're leaving? Georgie is bound to screw this up. I, I just think Brett Yormark has looked at, at USC and UCLA and Texas and Oklahoma and all of this realignment. He's looked at all of those moves as opportunity. Whereas Kleofcock has looked at USC and UCLA as some tragedy. Yeah. Is it good for the Pac-12 that USC and UCLA are going to the Big Ten? Hell no, it's not. Oh, It's a disaster, but it's an opportunity. The problem is not the problem. Your reaction to the problem is the problem. Right, right. How are you going to replace USC and UCLA? That's the only question that should be asked. And if Gonzaga is part of that, if, if San Diego State, and I, again, I will sit here and tell you, San Diego State should join the Pac-12. Gonzaga. That's the right. I think they are one of the most valuable chips in all of college athletics right now. Yeah. But does George Klyovkov have the backing of the rest of the conference, or will they do the BYU and look down on their nose? Well, we're all research institutions. You're a douche. Can't have the damn Mormons in their magic underwear over here. <laughs> Is, Can't have the damn Mormons in their magic underwear. Because I think those are conversations that people have about BYU. Right. I think when you looked at the, the Pac-12, and it made so much sense to add BYU. Nope, can't do it. In we, God's name, nope. image, and likeness. We only drink caffeinated beverages on the on the left coast here. And that's how I look at it. My friends in Frisco don't want your, your gold cans of Coke. <laughs> I feel like that's who the Pac-12 is. And I think George Klyovkov fits right into that. I don't think he's a guy who's like, hey, well, you know, San Diego State, they've got beautiful new facilities. They've got a great influx of cash here. You know, they give us Southern California. Nah, it would be so Klyovkov in the Pac-12 to be like, yeah, I think we'll San Diego. I mean, who names their stadium Snapdragon? Like, I mean, if we're being honest, right? <laughs> I mean, if we're being honest here in the Pac-12, yeah. where we know everything. Right. That's how I think they view themselves. Like, as the all-knowing... We're going to do this. We're going to do back-of-the-envelope calculations to screw USCLA. Because we're a conference of champions. Because USCLA, they can't leave. Well, they left. George, now what? Well, a little pee came out, but we're going to go and get Poughkeepsie State. With all due respect. We're going to—it would be so Pac-12 to be like, let's add Hawaii instead of San Diego State. It was a damn Aztecs. Wow. You know what? I've had enough. We're going to add all of the... We're going to add Jackson State. It's probably different than what you're thinking, though. That's who the Pac-12 is. I view them as incompetent. They are. I do. I do. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, JK, Happy New Year to you as well. What's up? Good to see you, Kurt, as always. Uh, Severe says, Prime is a great streaming platform. They are investing a ton of money in content. They have better content than a lot of services, in my opinion. I like that you can rent movies if you don't have them. Yes. The problem is, you've got to get people to Prime Video one time. You're going to get one shot. Yeah. And now that they've fixed all of their issues, and by the way, their issues on Prime Video for Thursday Night Football to start the season were massive. Massive. They fixed all that. The games have gotten better. Their broadcast has gotten better. Al Michaels has gotten better. Kirk Herbstreet still sucks. 
But the point is, <laughs> the product has gotten better, right? Are we clear on so that? I think if you show people, hey, Prime Video, all-inclusive, everything you want right here, I think once you get them there, they will, they will stay. I do. Uh, Stephen Smith, what's up? He gives us a $10 tip. Appreciate you being here, Stephen. Uh, he says, what are your thoughts on TCU winning against Michigan? How does it affect the perception of the Big 12? Does having the Big 12 do well in the semifinal affect the Pac-12 TV deal? Uh, I don't think it does. I think when I, I look at TCU, listen, the truth about TCU in the college football playoff is TCU had to bust their ass all season long. Sonny Dykes is a hell of a coach. Yeah. Duggan's a hell of a quarterback. And that team fought for their lives every single week. Yes. Every single week. They, TCU was, was counted out, was discounted, and all they did is win games. And I think when you look at TCU and you play them against Michigan, and I know we've talked about this repeatedly, and I'm sorry to be redundant. The mm -hmm. Big Ten sucks. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good at all. So you look at the Big Ten as a football conference. How do you explain that your two behemoths lost the only games of consequence? Yeah. And if we're being really honest about TCU, was TCU ever in danger of losing that game? I don't think so. The end of the third quarter was a little eh, sketch, dude. But, you, but again, what, it, what have we said about Max Duggan all year? He just finds a way. Max Duggan. He just, in Sonny Dykes losing his ever-loving mind on the officials in that game. And, like, and as you can see, I'm going through some shit right now. And you look at the moments. You look at the moments. And you look at the, 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 the plays that Michigan did not make. And you just start to ask yourself, dude, was TCU, was Michigan in position to win the game? Absolutely. Okay, where are you at on the goal line plays? Two goal line plays. A lot of people said they were touchdowns. I don't think the butt the, on the. I don't think the butt on the ground was a touchdown. I agree that he didn't. He had control as soon as his ass hit the ground at the goal line. Right. And I don't see that that was. And I think definitively the second play he was short. Like you oh, there's no see doubt he, he was, was short. short. Yeah. The bigger question to me is the targeting penalty that was not called right it was reviewed and they said not targeting do you guys believe that that was targeting no i don't believe it was targeting and they played football and tcu won the game yeah you're michigan holding on to a targeting penalty tcu was just the better team yeah i felt like tcu was, was a hell of a lot more physical than than michigan was and i think that Big 12 physicality is something that BYU has run into a ton. I mean, we saw them struggle against Baylor's physicality. You know, we've seen, you know, the Big 12 just chew that conference alive the whole season with with physicality and with wanting it more and with being grittier. And, like, and that's what I mean when I say that the Big 10 is soft. Like, yeah, great. C.J. Stroud is a wonderfully talented quarterback. The guy's got arm for days. You know, ran his ass off for, for them and over the weekend in these games. Like, he played well. Like I look at I look at Michigan. Michigan, like you have talent. McCarthy is a nice little quarterback. Yeah. But to me, you just didn't want it as much as TCU wanted it. And so but, that's why it's like, hey, targeting, he, but, goal but, line. But 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 
Oh, Michigan's so physical. They're coming to whoop that ass, boy. That's what I mean. It's all hype and no like, follow-up, dude. It, it didn't It didn't happen. Why, yeah. did Jim, why did Jim Harbaugh not use his timeouts better? Y'all feel me? What, they're not, they did not. They could not. They thought they were going to come in and push TCU around. It never happened. No. Duggan was the better quarterback. Yeah. And that's not saying that J.J. McCarthy and his smoking hot girlfriend Which, did not way, have a good game. Can we talk about Buddy's dad for a second? Can we talk about McCarthy's dad? He did not grab her ass. Okay, well, that's not what the video looked like. The video looked like he turned his hand over and had himself a feel. Like, what do look, people think of this? Look, Pervin Meyer. Yeah, that's I'm what I'm I'm just telling you. That's what I'm saying. Anyway, the point is... TCU is just a better team. Yeah. But does TCU help the Pac-12? It does not. This, this conference, and again, I know we've had this conversation a bajillion times on this show. Right. The Big 12 is a better football conference than the Pac-12. And I know that's shocking and it hurts your breasts and stuff. Right. I'm telling you now. The Big 12 is a better football conference than the Pac-12. Sorry if you're offended by that. The, the Pac-12 is a better football conference than the Big 10. Yeah. That's the problem. You want to talk <laughs> about the, where the Pac-12 fits into this? The problem is the Big 10 is soft and they got exposed. And, and, and as, as far as Ohio State goes, I, will, I, I know this is going to piss off Ohio State fans and I know that you are out there in numbers and I'm an idiot and... I, I heard it all on Saturday night on, on flipping Twitter. I get right, it. Right, right. Georgia played down to Ohio State. And you can sit here and you can talk about Stetson Bennett, and Stetson Bennett is a stud. Mm. Stetson Bennett gave you what you needed to win this game. Did he play well the entire game? No, absolutely not. Yeah. But let's not sit here and pretend that somehow, some way, that all of a sudden Stetson Bennett sucks because Stetson Bennett does not suck. And, and it's tired in my mind that we just assume, oh, it's, it's the <laughs> Ohio State. Right. And that the <laughs> Ohio State is going to win the game because they're the. Shut up. <laughs> like, I'm so tired of the Ohio State. You can, can I leave? You can stay and shut up and act like an adult. Thank you. But guess what? You didn't win the game. Right. Oh, but it was 42-41, and if we'd have made the field, you didn't make the field goal. In fact, it wasn't even close. <laughs> Bro, it didn't hit the upright. It, I don't know that it hit. I don't know that it hit anything. It was so the far The ball left. left the screen. It was so far. I Listen. I look at Stetson Bennett. He threw for 398 yards, three scores and a pick. Mm -hmm. I thought he played a fantastic game. Oh, I, and he yeah. got crushed repeatedly. He didn't play a fantastic game. He yes, played, he, he did. He played a hell of a fourth quarter. That's what he did. Well, he, he looked nervy in the first half. He looked like he was struggling to find rhythm with his wide receivers. Like, he, it, like it, it didn't look good. It looked like Ohio State... Had a nice little lead on him going to the half. That's what it looked they like. They couldn't run the ball. Georgia couldn't run the ball. It was a huge problem. And I think Ohio State played. I think C.J. Stroud absolutely helped his draft stock. Mm -hmm. I think 
I think C.J. Stroud was not a guy, and we've talked about this repeatedly on this show, C.J. Stroud was not a guy that anybody thought was a running threat. Not even a little bit. C.J. Stroud ran his ass off in that game. Yeah. And I thought he made some really good throws until the game was on the line, and then he didn't make such great throws. No, I guess not. Right? Stetson Bennett, and you can sit here, and you can, you, you can tell me that Stetson Bennett had a bad first half. He did. There, there's, there is no doubt about that. You got to score. If 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 you're going to be down 28, 24 at the half, you needed to score 29 points instead of 28, whatever right. Ohio State had. Right. The fourth quarter absolutely belonged to Georgia. 100%. You saw why Kirby Smart is arguably the best head coach in the country. You saw why Ryan Day is a disappointment by to some Ohio State fans. I think you saw why Stetson Bennett is so highly regarded and why he's in the Heisman Trophy conversation because he was just sensational. And by the way, I would also point out that when you look at that defense, how many double teams did you have to have to, to slow down the interior linemen of Georgia and they still beat you? Yeah. It was unbelievable how many times that that Georgia D-line was in the backfield. It, it so was just, said, yeah. it was ridiculous, dude. I will say, though, you know, I think Stetson had a hell of, hell of a second half. I, and I think it particularly got going with about five minutes left in the third quarter. I thought the only concerning thing, or not even concerning, just like interesting thing was that neither Kirby or Stetson seemed to have a good grip on t clock management at the end of the game. That's the only thing that I was really surprised about. Like, because once you saw Stetson get going, you're like, all right, Georgia's going to win this game. Like, they're going to find a way. We're good. Like, it, this is going to be close, but Georgia's going to get this one. But when you left, like, I think it was like 45 seconds on the clock for Ohio State. I was like, dude, like, is it just me or is that a lot of time? Like, that's a lot of time. And I think Ohio State had all three timeouts as well. well and and why, but why didn't, why were, why did they continue? And, and this is the thing I don't understand. Why were you leaving Ringo in man coverage? If you're Georgia, I, that's nice. the one thing I didn't understand. Yeah. But, uh, but again, Ringo is a guy that has routinely been terrible this season. Terrible. Teams attacked him all year. He got beat repeatedly. Mm -hmm. But what did he do? When the game was on the line, what did he do? He made a huge play because he plays at Georgia. And they're ready to make those big plays. There's no way to get around the fact that Ohio State just stopped playing in the fourth quarter. Georgia dominated. Yeah. I, 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 hey, I think Georgia played down to the Ohio State. And I think that <laughs> the truth of the matter is that's what happened. You know, I just, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Gumby says, uh, the Monty show. Exactly right. The. <laughs> Jake Gordon says, can we make a soundbite of Monty saying the Ohio State? We can. We can. Lee Jensen says, welcome back. Thank you. Uh, Little Jizzy says, Mike White is a scrub along with the Jets' horrible offensive line. Well, Zach Wilson's a bust. So what do you want from me? Uh, you know. Yeah. It's, it's. You know, uh, Patrick says TCU fan here. The Big Ten is not soft. Michigan, Ohio State, bot. But what do you mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. I don't know what that means. That doesn't. By the way, saying that Michigan's soft doesn't mean that that's a knock on TCU. TCU's really good. Yeah, 
TCU exposed Michigan. You, dude, you can't come into the game if you're Michigan saying that you're going to move this team and that, and that you're going to physically impose on them and then get moved and get physically imposed on. You can't do that. That's, that it's just unacceptable. Yeah, I don't know. Kyle A says, uh, Monty, I think you have a lookalike that being Sonny Dykes. You think I look like Sonny Dykes? Okay, well, I don't know who you look at. Okay. You know, I just, okay. okay, you know. Um, let's see. M.W. Robbins 11 says that place should have been dead before the targeting happened. Well, well, should have, could have, would have. But by the way, by the way, what a stupid play by that kid. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? And by the way, the, the, the targeting non-call at the end of the Georgia Ohio state game, that was not targeting. Not close. Dude laid him the F out with a shoulder in the end zone. His helmet. Yeah. In the end end zone. zone. Yeah. Yeah. He laid him out, dude. Yeah, I, I, you know. Uh, Jake Gordon says, the Monty Manor at the Maverick Center looks a lot better when Monty and Son are there. Thank you. Thank you, Seth. And we, I appreciate everybody, like, DMing me pictures of the studio. I appreciate that you guys do that. You know. Uh, Richard McDonald said, don't forget Michigan beat Ohio State in Columbus, which now I, it makes me wonder, how the heck did that happen? But, but, like, to me, it just, it goes to show it all is incestuous in the Big Ten. Ah, uh, well, Michigan beat Ohio State you know, way back when and whatever. It doesn't even matter because ultimately you had two opportunities to get to the championship round and you didn't take advantage of it. That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, Fat Jesus says, Jim Harbaugh forgot to wear his lucky Walmart khakis. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of Jim Harbaugh. I, I, I feel like Jim Harbaugh is one of those guys who's neat. And it's like, oh, it's Jim Harbaugh. Of course we like him. And nice glasses. Like, but I feel like that's what this is about Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I, you know, uh, Rick Foster uh, Forster says, anytime Michigan loses, it's a great day. Hmm. Well, you know. Uh, Dominique Peterson says, how you like Bo Nix beating Utah on one leg? I, th- I, I don't know. I watched the, the game and I thought he had two legs. Did they amputate his leg before the game? Could have been. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see that. Is, you weren't expecting this one. Did Bo Nix have a leg amputated? Hmm. Huh. Uh, Dominique also says Utah sucks. Well, I don't know how to break this to you, kid, but uh, Utah is back-to-back Pac-12 champions. Is, is Dominique a rebranded or retreaded version of Duck Season? Could be. Could be. Sean Mirzinski says, okay, Dominic. <laughs> Look, I, I, and, and I'm sorry. I know we're the, the largest sports talk show here in Utah by a, a good margin. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I want to listen. I, I want to apologize. How we miss the Bonix leg amputation story, it's incompetent. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like, I can't believe we missed that story. Bo Nix had his leg How amputated. How do I not have a drop of Bo Nix screaming in pain from the amputation? I don't know because I, you know, I, I would assume it happened on the field. Yeah. So he went from three legs to two apparently because he had one amputated. So that was a penis joke. Anyway, the point is, I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. I apologize for being incompetent and missing the Bo Nix amputation story. <laughs> Bro, what are you talking about, man? Dominique, I owe you a, a debt yeah, of gratitude. Sorry, bro. Sorry, I owe bro. you a yeah, <laughs> I, I owe you a debt of gratitude. Okay. NW Robin says they couldn't even beat Florida. I know. Yeah. Utah sucks. I don't know how they've won back to back Pac twelve champions and played in back to back. Yeah, they should be playing intramurals. Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat an amputated Bo Nix. What good are you? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> you guys are crazy. Uh, 10 of the hour, every hour on the Monty Show. Uh, we bring you Football 50, uh, the biggest stories in football presented by our good friends at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Hook it up, get the meatballs. They have their meat, their meatballs are back. You can get it. I'm telling you, get the meatballs, yeah. chop them up, put them on the pizza, put it on the smoker. Life is good. It's good. It's just, Meatball marinara, baby, at Papa Murphy's. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase. Uh, $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. Download the app. It's super easy, the Papa Murphy's mobile app. You can order right now and have a pickup at 3 o'clock. Hey, the Rose Bowl's today. 3 o'clock kickoff. Put your pizza order in for 2. Put it on the smoker by 2.15. Done by 2.30. Chow time, bada baby. Boom, bada bing. Chow time, baby. You know what I mean? Maybe we'll get some pizza for the Rose Bowl tonight at Papa yeah. Murphy's. Although I know you have your girlfriend and stuff. so Here we go. You, know, you just go do you. Here or we her, go. Or her, whatever. Uh, the point is, this Jim Harbaugh thing is remarkable to me. Did you guys hear this story? Jim Harbaugh, according to Ian Rappaport at NFL Network, Jim Harbaugh is the leading coaching candidate in the NFL right now, the hottest guy, and he's number one in Denver Come to on. be the next head coach of the Broncos. What a gimmick, dude. What a gimmick. Now, all of a sudden in Denver, we're all sunshine and roses because Russell Wilson's teammates supported him and talked about his work ethic, and now all of a sudden you're going to go and get quarterback. Boy. That's my quarterback. Come on, dude. Like, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Is Jim Harbaugh a risk? Because he wins to a certain extent. Isn't that precisely the issue in sports? He's that six-foot blonde hot chick you meet at the bar. She won't come in for her nightcap, right? Like he takes you right to the limit. He'll get you to the Super Bowl in San Francisco, but you can't make the three. He'll, He'll get your get... right ass cheek to the goal line in the semifinal, but not into the end zone. Like he's that guy. Does he win you a Super Bowl? If, if you're in Denver, you're, you're, you fired Nathaniel Hackett, who was incompetent. You've wasted money, it would appear, on, on Russell Westbrook. Don't call me Wilson, but it's Russell Wilson who plays like Russell Westbrook. Anyway, the point is, Russell Wilson's not been good. Is Jim Harbaugh a risk for the Denver Broncos? Or is that like a no doubt about it, absolutely make the hire right now? I don't think it's a risk because Jim Harbaugh has a name, right? So like from a PR standpoint, I don't think it's that much of a risk. Like okay. former NFL guy, you know, if you're the guy who says, oh, he's doing these great, magnificent things at Michigan, then no, it's not a risk. Okay. I'm here to tell you, you're not winning a damn thing with Jim Harbaugh in Denver and buddy a quarterback. You're not doing that. Like, that's not happening, especially when Patty Mahomes and company are going to be in that division with you. So to me, I'm just not buying it. Like, yeah, go hire the guy. Maybe go to the playoffs, right? Like, that's not out of the question that they could go to the playoffs with Bro, Jim. he's 2-7 and seven in bowl games. Yeah, it's not good. And, and that's why I say, I don't want to hear that he doesn't have resources. I don't want to hear that he doesn't basically have an auto bid to the college football playoff through the Big Ten. I don't want to hear that. Because he does, and he does, and he should win more, and he doesn't. So how do you explain that away? I just don't know. I don't know. It seems like a perfectly good time for Jim Harbaugh to pull the ripcord. I mean, it's the buyout's going to be suitable. significant. It's perfectly suitable, yeah. I mean, you, you've done some nice things at Michigan. I have to say, I remember talking on the show. I think, when did he get extended? Was it last year? Last year. Like, I remember when they signed him to that extension, we were like, dude, like, why are you extending this guy? He hasn't really done anything. And now, finally... He's gotten to the college football playoffs. So I don't know, man. I I, I don't know. I, I think it's a 
I he think is under is... contract through the 2026 season. And you know what? You know what this makes me think about? This makes me think about Wit because there's going to be a ton of people out there who, if you said, do you know who Jim is or do you know who Kyle is? They're going to say, well, yeah, it's Jim Harbaugh, 49ers, Sanford. I know who Jim is. But you're not going to know who Kyle Whittingham is. And Kyle Whittingham is a prolific college football coach. Yeah. And Jim has not been. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I'm probably too harsh on Jim Harbaugh. I covered him with the 49ers. Um, and I just, I think he's a really good football coach that wears out his talent. And in the NFL, you can't, you can't tell a guy you're going to pull his scholarship or that he should enter the transfer portal or... It doesn't work that way. You have a salary cap. Yeah. Like it doesn't the work that way. Portal in the yeah. NFL. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It, it's going to be really interesting to see how all of this with Jim Harbaugh and the NFL plays out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jeremy Severe says, please, Denver, don't hire Harbaugh. I want Casey's offensive coordinator, but he has history in Colorado. Eric B. Enemy. He would, would be, be a great phenomenal hire. hire. Great hire. Uh, Dominique Peterson says uh, he's leaving uh, Michigan. Yeah. I, I, Boy, that would just be so ballsy. The this the cojones on Jim Harbaugh to get you right there. Ugh, don't put it in though. All right, and then deuces, you leave. Yeah, deuces, and then you leave. We'll see ya. And then you leave. Oh my God. And then by the way, who does Michigan hire? Pervin? <laughs> He's gotta get a phone call, right? Dude. Is is Urban Meyer not the king who? of nicknames? Pervin Meyer. Pervin Meyer. Maybe Pervin. <laughs> And JJ McCarthy's dad. You can really hang think out he felt his girlfriend? Bar. Yes, dude. Yes, <laughs> bro. He didn't need to turn his hand over. If it was back of the hand, back of the ass calculations, I wouldn't be struggling to to look at this. So he turned his hand over. If you're JJ, Mc, if you didn't see it, Michigan quarterback JJ McCarthy had his family in essentially a luxury box in, at the game against TCU and his dad and his girlfriend were standing right next to each other and they kind of moved close and his dad did it wasn't a full grope it was the index finger but my problem is is you intentionally turned your hand over that's the problem dude uh if you saw me do that to your girlfriend what would you think you know, why like, are you groping you my girlfriend, yeah. man? Why don't you go and hang out with Pervin at his Ohio State-branded bar? Yeah. Uh, David says, always something with the QB's girlfriend every That's damn year. Right? right, David? Totally true. Totally true. Uh, Brandon Butler, Harbaugh is the Aaron Rodgers of college Thank football. You. Yes, Thank he is. You. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers yesterday, Aaron Rodgers guy, yesterday, uh, you know, Okay, so the Green Bay Packers essentially needed to win out mm -hmm. to make the NFL playoffs. I think they have, what, an 8%? Some stupid. They weren't making the playoffs. And Aaron Rodgers is going to sit up on the dais and say, as the long dais. as we have an opportunity to make the postseason, I'm going to play, but I have cracked ribs and a bum knee, and I'm playing on one leg because I got amputated on the field. We know the story with Aaron Rodgers. They've basically gone on a run where they have beaten Chicago, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Vikings. And now if they win next weekend, they've won these games. And if they win against the Lions at Lambeau next weekend, they're in the playoffs. So you would think that Aaron Rodgers would simply shut his mouth and not give the Detroit Lions any billboard material. Right. Or bulletin board material. So then after the game, he's like, oh yeah, now what, haters? 
Why didn't we tell you? Now what? Like, you haven't accomplished anything, dick. You haven't done anything, dude. Now, having said that, they're going to beat the Lions and probably get in. But how awesome would it be if he choked on the D? I'm Detroit, the See, D. It's the D and the D, Detroit. How awesome would it be if they choked against Detroit and missed the playoffs after he said, now what, haters? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. By the way, another completely pitiful performance out of Kirk and the boys. Okay, he's your favorite quarterback. What a joke. Forty-one to three. Eighteen of thirty-one, two hundred five, three interceptions a and a joke, touchdown dude. for Kirk Cousins. What a joke! Holy cow! Yeah, let's go ahead and excuse those interceptions away to Dak interceptions to feel better. I don't even know how. You, yeah, I don't know, man. Brutal, absolutely brutal performance out of man. Minnesota. Uh, by the way, Tom Brady just continues to do the job. Yeah, he was awesome. Not one against or two Carolina. or three years in a row. 14 years in a row. Tom Brady's been in the NFL playoffs. Dude. Tom Brady, 34 of 45, 432, three touchdowns, no interceptions. Unbelievable run for Tom Brady. Might want to keep Mike Evans in front of your deep safety. Seriously. I mean, that's unbelievable. Make sure you give us a thumbs up as we tell you that Papa Murphy's Pizza proudly presents... Football at 50, 10 of the hour, every hour. Make sure you use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase. So $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. At Papa Murphy's, we do more than just pizza. We do meatballs and marinara. Actually, I do the meatballs and marinara. And how do you do it, Dad? How do I do it? How do I do it? Order now at PapaMurphy's.com. <laughs> That's funny. I don't know, man. I don't know how you don't get the meatballs for the game tonight. Uh, Rose Bowl, order your Papa Murphy's pizza. Three o'clock kickoff, order it by two. Pick it up, put it on the Traeger smoker or in your oven. Uh, get the take and bake chocolate chip cookies because I'm fat. And <laughs> you'll love them. And you'll fat. thank me every single day. Papa Murphy's pizza, use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Good morning to you. It is 8.02 on the Monty Show, presented by our good friends at The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Good to see you all here this morning. What an hour of power football conversation that was. If you're just tuning in. We have talked all about you know the Utes. We have previewed the Rose Bowl. Um, do you have a score prediction on the Rose Bowl? Yeah, you know, I feel like this could be a, a, a 35-pointer out of the Utes. I think that, that they will have no problem on offense getting down the field, and I think it's really just a question of whether they're going to be able to stop the run on defense. And, and not will they be able to. They will stop the run on defense, but to what degree? Is 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 Penn State going to average six yards a carry, or is it going to be three yards a carry? Like, what are we looking at? So to me, score prediction-wise, I, I feel pretty good about like a 35 24-ish kind of score. Like, I think this is Utah by 10. Money Parks and Jaquindon Jackson have to have big games. Period. End of story. That's it. Are the are the Utes going to win the games? Because you and I both know if they win the Rose Bowl, Cam Rising's probably the MVP, right? right. Jaquindon Jackson has to have a game. He Because ha there's no way that Penn State is preparing specifically for Jaquindon Jackson. And that kid is just an absolute baller. You have to respect his transition from quarterback to running back. Mm -hmm. And look, I love Makai Bernard. I think he has been a great contributor. Jaquindon's the guy. 
And I look at Money Parks. Devon Vailey's a nice, good, not great wide receiver. Money Parks has the ability to be the guy that this team needs him to be, and I think he will. I think those two guys, Jaquindon Jackson, has to perform. Money Parks has to perform. Without, you know, your, your leading tight end, both of them, Keithy and Kincaid, both gone for this game. Obviously, Clark Phillips, the third, is out. That's a huge loss for this team. But Joey Porter Jr. is out for Penn State. I think Money Parks has to have a game. I love this game to be 35-27, 38-28, something in that variety. I think Utah wins the Rose Bowl. I think that Kyle Whittingham cements his legacy. I absolutely think that if he wins this game, Kyle Whittingham becomes the the single most significant um a sing, the single most significant coach in the history of college football in the state of Utah. I think it is a huge, huge legacy day uh, at the Rose Bowl. So would love to see your score predictions. Drop them. I see all the Oregon fans in the comments. Drop them. Let's hear it. Um, let's get some of your comments in here. By the way, coming up in 26 minutes, we'll announce the winner. Um, since you guys got us to 9,000 subs. And what a run it was. The thing that's amazing is we thought this would come down to the wire. And it has not even come close to the wire. We're at 9,067 subscribers. Way past it. We beat 9,000 like last... I think it was last Thursday. Last Thursday night. Like we blew past it. Um, And it's just you guys supporting the show. I, I mean, some of you have been here since we were on Twitch, since we were on periscope we used to do this show live on periscope every day like we've been on youtube for two years to be at nine thousand subscribers and really it's been the last year that we've really hit the hit the ground running that you guys have you know supported this show that's why i ask everybody who's here all 175 of you watching the show Please give us a thumbs up. We're at, a, you know, a thousand views. We only have 57 likes. If you guys could hit the like button, that really helps the channel grow. But at 8.30, we're going to announce the winner. We're, we're taking a listener plus one to the Jazz game next Tuesday, January 10th against Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs. Donnie. We're going to do it. Um, and a lot of people have said, well, what if I don't want to ride in a black car with you guys? Okay, you don't have to. We'll meet you there, um, <laughs> which is amazing. But uh, we'll meet you at the game. We will take you to the team store. You can buy whatever jersey, or I would tell you, get one of their new sweatshirts. They're pimp. You don't want a jersey from this team. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we're going to watch the game in really good seats. We we got the seats over the weekend. They're fantastic seats. I'm super stoked to see Donovan yes. Mitchell back. We'll announce that winner at 830 because you put us at 9,000 subs. Unbelievable. And now the trek to 10,000 begins. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that we're already at 9067 is just such an honor. Thank you guys uh, so much. Let's go. Uh, let's get some of your, your uh, comments. Travis says the University of Utah 42. <laughs> the. The Utah Utes 42, Penn State 15. I hope so. Okay. Uh, LFG says inject Utah centered sports talk in my veins. Back the pack west of the, of the you mean best of the rest? I agree. Uh, San Diego State says the Bo Nix amputation probably sounds a lot like the Steph Curry scream drop. Wow. Wow. Um, well, I mean, on the same octave? Do you dude. Think, 
Do we wait before you play? Let me know wait, when yeah. you're ready. Yeah, hang on. I, I need um, to find. I need to find this. A little uh, rusty here. Jake's a lot of rusty. He yeah, does, he doesn't know where the drop is. But anyway, my point is, um, we have exclusive audio from the field. Right. Where uh, Bo Nix had his leg apparently, according to Oregon fans, he had his leg amputated before the Utah game, and he beat Utah on one leg. Okay, I'm ready now. Which again ready. speaks to oh, his, no, I'm not ready. his anatomy. Um, are you ready or no, not? No, I'm not. I'm not. Sorry. That, that was a different one. See, this is, see, I've got which, a couple. Which again speaks to Bo Nix's anatomy that he, or I guess, started with only two legs and not three. Um, but his leg was amputated on the field, according to Oregon Duck fans, and he beat Utah single leggedly, right? Not single handedly, right? Single leggedly, right? We see what you did there. One, one leg, right? Anyway, the point is, are you ever going to find? No, this I drop? honestly don't know where it is. I'm like trying to find it here. I literally have probably like 400 drops, well, and I don't remember where I put this one. Anyway, we were going to bring you live exclusive Sorry. audio on the field of the amputation of oh, for, from the blue tent. They amputated, apparently, from what reports have said, Bo Nix's leg was amputated in the blue tent. Right. And I'm just waiting for Jake Sorry, to find man. the proper drop that I'm, we're looking for. I'm trying for. to find it. I don't I don't know where it is. Uh, you know. I have it somewhere. Okay, well, here's the exclusive audio of Bo Nix having his leg amputated. Yeah. yeah! There's that one. <laughs> <laughs> There's that one. I got that one. I got that one. <sighs> Patrick. Uh, Patrick Dagg says uh, Gonzaga should stay in the mountain or in the WCC. I don't want them to turn into another Wichita state. The WCC should then add Grand Canyon to replace BYU. Gonzaga. They take basketball seriously as well. GCU is great at basketball. Gonzaga's gone. Uh, LFG says, I love West of the Rockies college conferences at all levels, including the big sky. Okay, let's not get carried away. Yeah. LFG says, Monty, West of the rest is a phrase coined by recruiting expert Brandon Huffman. Okay. I don't generally track teen boys in their athletic endeavors. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, Bo Nix got amputated. How is his girlfriend handling this? <laughs> wow. Wow. See? Wow. See, you're buying it. Nice okay, just relax. San Diego State says, San Diego State University Aztecs. Oh, so close to P5 status. Yeah. I, in all seriousness, when we talk about expansion, and I do think, I think the Pac-12 will be the first one to really aggressively try to expand. If you are the Pac-12, who's your number one target? How is it not San Diego State? Yeah. How is it not? You just lost USCLA, so... How is it not San Diego State? Do you see what I USC? USCLA, right. So you oh. don't have to say USC and UCLA. You just right? say USC, USCLA. Right, right. Um, how do you not go after San Diego State to replace USC, LA? I don't understand. Like, but it's common sense, which Kleovkok doesn't often... You know, yeah. use. Yeah, and I think it's and it's a lot of opinion. I think I think you know, like where we we agree that San Diego State is a no brainer to add to the pack. Like maybe Klyovkov and company don't think that that's a good ad. I, I I don't know, but but to me, it just makes perfect sense. Like that's the the yes. hole in your business model. Like you need to have Southern California. And by the way, the real problem is that no one really wants to say. With all due respect to, to my boy San Diego Aztec fan who's in the show every day, dude, San Diego State is nowhere near SC or UCLA. 
They're just not, right? Like, they would be a very valuable ad. I love what they've done renovation-wise. Like, I think they're heading in the right direction. But I don't think it's any shade at San Diego State to say that SC is a behemoth of a program, and you're not just replacing SC. Just the same way you're not just replacing Kyle Whittingham if he chose to retire after the Rose Bowl. Like, you're not doing that. So, to me, it's like, this is not rocket science. Like, you need to do the best you can to band-aid your conference and to survive. And, and I don't know how you do that when Oregon and Washington and several of these other programs have all these other opportunities pro, pro, to go and check out. Programs. Yeah, dude. Amazing. Programs. San Diego State also says Santa was a boss and got me a Traeger Silverton 620. My guy, let's really go. BBQPitstop.com. Bro. BBQPitstop.com, your Traeger headquarters. And they do Yoder, Big Ring Egg, Camp Chef, you name it. Traeger's where I'm at. What's the first thing you smoked on it, San Diego State? That's the question. Okay, I finally found the Steph Curry yell. Wow. Okay. Like, <clears throat> like 10 minutes too late. <clears throat> <clears throat> okay. All right. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Breaking news on the Monty Show. We have acquired exclusive audio of Bo Nix having his leg amputated before the Utah game where he beat the Utes on one leg. Here's that exclusive audio now. Again, breaking news, that's exclusive audio from the Blue Tent as Bo Nix had his duck leg chopped off. <laughs> Unbelievable emotion and passion in that exclusive audio from the Blue Tent. <laughs> You're welcome. We do it we to support our brethren up north. Uh, you know, Louis Capazzo says for all those watching that have not hit the thumbs up, get it done. It's the least you can do. Yeah. Appreciate that. By the way, the thing that matters when you give us a thumbs up, it pushes the show into the algorithm on, on YouTube. Yes. So we get more people that watch. So that they is serve a it big, more, like so legit. That's a big reason why we were able to cross 9,000. Yeah. Huge reason. Huge reason. Uh, David says, uh, they did what they could and moved on. Yeah, they did. I mean, you know. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, he also says the Big 12 did not replace OU and U. U oh, well, they did, actually. They, yeah. I don't I know. I hate I, to break it to you. Again, but... more breaking news on the Monty Show. <laughs> <laughs> wrong, wrong one. Uh, the Big 12 has expanded. They've added Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, and Central Florida. Right. You're right. They didn't replace. They actually replaced and then went beyond. Hey, guys. So, by the way, what kind of year did Oklahoma have? Mm. Did you guys see the Sarkeesian thing? Yeah. Why? He should not be fired for that. No. No, I'm being serious. Do you think he... So, Steve no, Sarkeesian... he should not be fired for it. Steve Sarkeesian, the head football coach at Texas, is taking on Washington. Right. In the Alamo Bowl. And for TV, they have a guy, and I've, I've worked in TV. I've been in this exact situation. I've not been the guy, but they have a guy who's got a headset on, and he's standing in the tunnel blocking Texas from coming on the field because the TV people want to see the Longhorns run out of the tunnel. It's great for TV. So his job is to keep them there. And usually what he does is he works with the coach, and he says, hey, coach, 30 seconds. Hey, coach, 15 seconds. And usually coaches are fine, but Sarkeesian kept walking forward. The guy puts his hand on Steve's chest, and I, 
more even than J.J. McCarthy's father got a grope. Right. You felt like the guy got a big old handful of Sark titty. <laughs> and so... I thought you just said Sark titty. Yeah, I did. And Sark did not appreciate the breast grab and yelled at this guy. Don't you get your... And people think Steve Sarkeesian should be fired for that. No. Which I say, shut up. Just stop. Just it stop. was It was an emotional moment. You're going out. By the way, they lost the game. And it's, you know, you don't feel great about how Sark conducted himself. Yeah. He should not be fired for that. A Can we all agree maybe? he should not be fired for that? Like, yeah. You know, I, I just don't. Yeah, come on. Uh, let's see. Kyle A. says, Mark Harlan, the athletic director at Utah, was on the Bill Riley show last week saying that they are hoping to have a TV contract done before the end of the month. Here's my question, though. <laughs> Why is Mark Harlan talking about a Pac-12 TV deal? Did, did you hear any of the, the Big 12 coaches talking about it? Did you hear this is the problem in the Pac-12? Mark Harlan shouldn't be talking about the TV contract. Mark Harlan should be talking about Utah. Furthermore, he's not just talking, he's tweeting. Yes. Right? You shouldn't be running your mouth about TV deals or the future of your program or program anything. It should be silence, which is what it's been in the big 12. And this is why I say like, look at that. We are not leaving dot, dot, dot. Okay. So let me get this right. Let me get this right. So you're not leaving. You're going to stand on your high horse in the pack, even though it's going to cost you $40 million a year in your program. Right? Like something like that compared to Big 12 money or even Big 10 money? Yeah. What do you mean you're not leaving? What do you mean that you've already decided and, you're not going anywhere? And I believe that. I don't think Utah believes they need to leave the Pac-12. Beyond me, dude. It, it, it. And then we want to sit here and wonder why people on the East Coast don't know the name Kyle Whittingham. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Uh, Tanner Plummer. Good morning. Wait, people want Sark fired for that? That's crazy. They do. They do. Yeah, I, I disagree but with see, that. But see, SA makes a good point. Sark should be fired because he's not because he's a bad coach. Agreed. Agreed. I don't know if I would say that. You you think he's, he's I just think he's average. He's I'd rather have Jim than Sark, dude. Like Sark has had huge off the field issues, obviously, in his past. Now again, put that behind him, it seems like he's on the straight and narrow. He does not look like, there's a clear difference visually how he literally looks yeah. when he was struggling versus how he is now. So I give him that credit. He, that's a big deal. But it's not like Sark is some, like, legend of college football I, from a winning I would sense. also point out, though, he lost to Alabama this year by one point, and he lost to TCU by a touchdown. So he was in those games. If they have those situations repeat themselves this year, and... I mean, he had an outstanding recruiting. The class. problem is, is there's not, there are not great elite all-time college football head coaches falling off trees, right? Like, there's not another Nick Saban on the market. There's not another Kirby on the market. That's the problem. So you wind up saying to yourself as an AD, well, look, Sark is printing us money, right? We're relevant. Like, yeah, we didn't go to the college football playoff and maybe we weren't a solid top 25 team the entire year, but we were in those games. As he just said, we were on the precipice of being a top 25 team and being a college football playoff team. So to me, 
from a business standpoint, it doesn't make sense to fire Sark. It doesn't make any sense because well, making you money. And he got Arch Manning, and he got Anthony Hill, yeah. and he had the number five class in the country. You can like, see what's coming. He, he he is built, and he's got an outstanding coaching staff. Like I I, I yeah, I just wouldn't do that. Uh, Lewis says that's cancel culture. Fire them all for stupid things. Totally agree. Uh, Tanner says New Year's same stuff coming for the Pac-12. They really can't stop running their mouths, and it's shocking. Yeah, it is shocking. It truly is. And you know, I think. I, I yeah I don't know I don't know what you do with that I I, I really don't I, I I struggle with the idea that this is a situation where you just can keep doing what you want to be doing because I don't think you can the Monty Show presented by our good friends at the Advocates UtahAdvocates.com make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show if you've been injured in a car accident even if it wasn't your fault you still have to deal with the consequences like overdue medical bills car repairs and worse. Insurance companies that try their hardest not to pay their fair share. No need to worry, though. The advocates are here to help. Indeed, they are. UtahAdvocates.com, or no matter where you are, just check them out online at theadvocates.com. Ten minutes away uh, from announcing the winner of our uh, Cavs Jazz Go to the Game with Us contest uh, that got us to 9,000 subscribers. Appreciate that, so stick around for that. Um, talking a lot of different things. There's a lot of big stories in sports this morning, frankly. Obviously, um, you know, with what's going on with the Rose Bowl today, I'm going to stick with my 35-28 prediction. I like 35-28. I think the Utes are just too experienced. I think they're too good. I think Kyle Whittingham, frankly, I think Kyle Whittingham is just a better football coach than James Franklin. Mm -hmm. I think that's why the Utes win. I think that's a huge story. Speaking of the Jazz, they're on a four-game losing streak. They've lost six of eight. And Kevin Durant has not. And I look like a genius because, again, I'm telling you, the Brooklyn <coughs> Nets <coughs> are the best team in the NBA. In the regular season. Well, we weren't talking about that. We just said who's the best team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, It's the Brooklyn Nets right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, there's expectations. Like, they're playing good basketball 11 in a row, I think it is. Like, you know, you're, you're, you're playing good basketball. You are. Like, you, this is the ebb and flow of the NBA season. And the beautiful thing is we're not even halfway through yet. I don't think, are we? Have we even no. passed the halfway line yet? No. So to me, you know, like there's a lot, there's a long way to go here. It is, I will say it is nice to see them playing good basketball. Like it's nice that, you know, every time we bring up the Nets, it's not, you know, Kyrie Irving, you know, in some Twitter meltdown mode. Like it's nice that we can just now say, yeah, Kyrie's playing good ball. Like, you know, Ben Simmons seems to be on the mend here. He seems to be finally finding his flow again. And Kevin Durant's doing what Kevin Durant does. So it is nice to, to have some positive talk. Kevin Durant doing Kevin Durant things. Yeah. You know. mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so all of that going on. And, of course, the biggest stories in sports are always presented by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure you check them out. Any of their Utah locations. Uh, we, we went on a roadie, as you guys are aware, through – from Salt Lake City through St. Jeezy, down to Las Vegas, into Los Angeles, up to Lake Tahoe, back home. Lake and Tahoe. Some of the worst weather I have ever driven in through Tahoe last week. Mm -hmm. The car was absolutely destroyed. The Audi SQ5 destroyed. Rolled up to the district at uh, Quick Quack Car Wash and said, hey, man, can I get a Muddy Duck, please? You guys know what a Muddy Duck is? It's where they use a ton of extra water on your car because it's very muddy or very dirty. And I said to the guy, hey, you know, and he's like, oh, no worries, man. We'll make sure the back looks great. Like, because I told him back is really bad. The front's really bad. 
They took the time. They stopped the whole car wash, sprayed the car. The guy walked around, sprayed the car with the hose, ran it through with the muddy duck. Boom, done. Pulled up, used the vacuums. They give you free towels, dry the car off, all kinds of stuff. The car looked fantastic mm-hmm. because I went to Quick Quack Car Wash. Get the get the uh, subscription. It's well worth the cost of admission. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show. Uh, Tanner says, I know Sark played only two years at BYU, but he did have one of the best seasons as a BYU quarterback. Who cares? Who cares? He's an average head coach. Like we're not talking. And and we tend to do this. We tend to do this though. We tend to be like, oh man, Jim McMahon was an amazing player at BYU. He's an NFL Hall of Famer, best quarterback ever, bro. Best quarterback ever. Did you hear the story about him and Walter Payton, the headbands, man? Put him in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, let's see. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says Utah 31, Penn State 17. There you go. Woo. San Diego State says Kanzano mentioned over the weekend the Pac-12 network could be included in a media deal and add $50 million to the estimated $300 million to $350 million total. Well, we talked about this one. John Kanzano is a Pac-12 homer. He is, I mean, he, you'll remember that he put uh, George Klyovkak on his podcast and let him just absolutely smear and spread lies, <laughs> in my opinion, about UCLA and their budgets. And you got to take his word at a grain of salt. If you believe that Amazon's going to pay $50 million for Pac-12 Network, yeah, I would ask you two things. Why are you paying $50 million simply for their infrastructure? You're not going to buy their human beings. You're not going to buy their... What you're getting at Pac-12 Network is you're not getting more distribution. They would quite literally be buying equipment. And my guess is some people, if if in this world where, hey, Amazon does a deal with the Pac-12 and they're going to pay $30 million a year for tier one rights... Which, if you're Amazon, why would you pay that much money? Okay, well, hey, you want to, you want to, you know, over the top, make sure you get that. Okay, great. Let's pretend that you're paying $30 million a year. Right. You think you're just going to throw $50 million on top of that for equipment and human beings? That doesn't make financial sense. For a technology company like Amazon, to just throw an extra $50 million out there. Why would they do that? That, that The other part of this is you got to remember, they want nothing to do with distribution. They don't need the content partners. They don't need, you know, like the relationships the Pac-12 network has. The content team. That, what, it, what, is, what does the Pac-12 network want? Or what does Amazon want with Pac-12 network's relationship with Dish or Fubo? What do they want with that? They want people to come and watch Pac-12 football on Amazon Prime Video. Yeah. So you're telling me they're just going to toss in $50 million. And this is the ESPN point, right? That ESPN views Amazon as a player in a certain capacity in a certain space. Correct. So like, like Amazon doesn't need TV. It's not about TV for Amazon. That's yeah, I don't why buy the, that. That's why the Kinzano garbage about Amazon buying Pac-12 Network doesn't make any and, sense. And look, I could see a situation where, because you need to understand that 
Amazon Prime Video does not have a production house. Yeah. For live events, that is. They don't have their own TV trucks. And NBC Sports produces Thursday Night Football for Amazon Prime Video. So you don't have an in-house production team. There is merit in, I could see, hey, we're going to hire your executive producer who's produced games or whatever that might be. But do you as Amazon, are you going to invest an extra $50 million or are you going to pay somebody who does this for a living? Because one of the things that Amazon is well known for is they don't do things they don't know how to do. So that's why they're contracting NBC Sports to produce Thursday Night Football. Wouldn't you just do the same thing with ESPN? And this is where the ESPN-Amazon relationship comes into play. Because wouldn't you just pay ESPN to produce those games that they produce already at a very high level? That's what it would make sense. Now, I could see down the line, hey, if you want to add a production house just for live events... Because they already, if you didn't hear, Amazon's already launching a, a, a live event sports app for all of their live sporting events that are coming to Amazon. Which I'm not sure how I feel about that. Well, I think it's I like really it interesting. A lot. I like it a lot. I don't know that it's how I would handle. I'm curious how they will integrate Prime Video, the other products of Prime Video. I'm interested to see how they would do that. Like, doesn't, doesn't starting a secondary app just for live stuff suggest they're going to charge for those live events? Well, I think they're already going to... You're, if you're not an Amazon Prime member, you can pay to watch Prime Sports. It's another revenue stream. Why wouldn't you do that? But my, my point is, it doesn't make a lot of sense for Amazon to throw bad money to buy bad money. Because mm -hmm. that's what you're getting if you buy it lock, stock, and barrel, Pac-12 Networks, which they would not do. You would be buying bad... You would be spending bad money to get bad, bad money. And I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. I don't. There's just, it doesn't make any sense to yeah. me anyway. Maybe Amazon does that. I know that they, I know that they have talked about bringing on Pac-12 network talent. If they do a deal, taking those people that have been their broadcasters, the Yogi Roths of the world and hiring them at prime video. That makes perfect sense to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know about all the equipment and, and whatnot. I don't, you know, like it is. Yeah. yeah. It's, that is interesting to me. You know, uh, let's see. Coffee time at Lake Peekaboo says time to start talking about firing Will Hardy. Actually, it's not. Oh, what are you talking about, man? Actually, it's not. What it's time to do is announce the winner of our Cavs Jazz mm. go to the game with us thing. Yeah. We promised you guys that if you got us to 9,000 subscribers that we would choose one of our subscribers randomly mm -hmm. and take you to the jazz game plus one. Right. And we would take you to the team store. You can buy any jersey or anything you want in the team store. I mean, if you want to be any baby, knock yourself out. <laughs> um, and then we would get premium seats and watch the game with you. Well, you guys got us to 9,000 subs. Right. And so what we did is because when you're at 9,000 yeah, and the, we're at 9,069 subscribers on this <laughs> here channel. 
Right, so it's not we're not at 400 anymore. And if you listen on the audio podcast, we had a lot of Spotify business on this show, a lot of Stitcher Radio, a lot of Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Yeah. Appreciate you um, as well. But what we did is we used a computer program to select a random winner because you can't put 9,000 names in a hat anymore. <laughs> it's not going to work for us. If you remember back in the day, we yeah. used to just... We, every time we get a new subscriber, we would just make sure we had every subscriber in a box, a shoe box at one point, and we just pull the name out and we had a piece of paper. Well, we use a computer program now randomly, and Austin Napierski is the winner of the Cavs Jazz Go to the Game with Jake and I thing. Let's go. I guess we never really came up with a name for it. It doesn't have a name. You're but going to the game with us. Austin yeah. Napierski was randomly selected um to go to the game with us now if austin can't make it we will tell you that and we will randomly draw somebody else uh but austin you're going to the jazz game with us next tuesday uh you and a friend or you and your girlfriend or you and your dad whoever you want to bring with you you've got two tickets to sit with jake and i to watch the Cavs and the uh jazz donovan mitchell returns to salt lake city next tuesday january 10th we will take you and a friend Yes. We will take you to the team store. Your friend is out of luck. Yeah. Or your dad or whoever. Uh, but we'll take you to the team store. We'll buy you a jersey. We'll buy you a sweatshirt. I would tell you to get one of the sweatshirts because hoodie season is always here in Utah. Uh, but we'll buy you anything you want in the team store. And we have premium seats uh, to watch the game. It's going to be a great time. And we appreciate all of you being here. Again, and, and I just want to I just want to say. That we are at 9,000 subscribers on this show. Right. And if you've been a longtime listener of the show, you know that we used to do like 30 viewers for an entire show. Right. For an entire show. That we had, like I posted a picture on Twitter and Instagram last night. Two years ago, exactly on this date, we had 80 subscribers on this channel. I said 80. <laughs> Two years later, we're at 9,000 subscribers. Hey, guys. That's really humbling for us because yeah. we do work hard every day. Like, this is our gig. This is what we do. You know, for those of you who followed the show, you know, we used to have full-time gigs at Yelp, and we quit those gigs, and we, like, this is what we do. And that you guys go to Papa Murphy's Pizza or The Advocates or you know, Quick Quack Car Wash, Barbecue Pit Stop, like, you support our sponsors who make this show happen every every day. And you tweet us pictures and you tell us about it. Like, that's huge for us. And you support this show every day. So taking you guys to the jazz game, you made that possible. Now, did we pay for the tickets out of our pocket? We did. But you make that possible by subscribing to the show, by right now giving us a, giving us a, a thumbs up. Yes. Uh, all 151 of you that are here, we're, let's see, we're at, you know, 79 likes. We would love to get to 100 per show, which is awesome. It's all good, Lewis. Lewis is like, I'm disappointed there are 153 people watching and only 80 likes. You know, I it's mean, it's good. part of the process. Yeah. Uh, San Diego State says, pouty Facebook. Congrats, Austin. <laughs> uh, Gumby says, big ups, Austin. Dilly, dilly. Dilly, dilly, dilly. Tanner says, is Austin here? I don't think so. I guess he would have. He would have. Uh, let's see. Tom says, uh, legit the best SLC Utah sports show. Thanks for being part of our morning routine. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, appreciate Thanks you, Thanks for being here. And, and that's the other thing. You guys have, have 
made us literally the biggest sports talk show in Utah. Yeah. I mean, we're doing <clears throat> hundreds of thousands of views a month. Um, I mean, I trust me, as somebody that worked in radio for 30 years, I would have, I would have loved to have had, you know, what is that, 50,000 listeners a week? I want it. I would have loved that on the radio. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Kane Nuren says Utah 32, 21 in the Rose Bowl. Okay. WTX1971 says Sark to Michigan. Oh, my God. <laughs> Could you imagine? Uh, Tanner says this upcoming February will mark two years since I found you guys. We may have our disagreements, but overall, you guys have been great. And Tanner, we appreciate you. Tanner's appreciate one of our that. long times here on, on YouTube. Um, and it's just been a great ride. Like, I, I don't want to belabor the point, but you know, that, that we are, that we are doing the things that we're doing. And again, this, the first three, four months of this year, we're going to do some pretty crazy giveaways on this show. Our yeah. contesting, I'm super excited. We're doing a big bash for my 50th birthday, which is coming up in February. There's going to be an event in March for that. Yes. We have spring training coming up. We have NBA All-Star Game coming up. We have all kinds of stuff coming up Yes. Uh, right here on the show. So make sure you give us a thumbs up and a subscribe. That would be great. Um, let's see. Kay Nuren says, how's the, how's the wife doing? She's doing great. Uh, we actually shoveled snow together yesterday, which was amazing. My wife broke her arm four weeks ago snowboarding at Canyons up in Park City. Um, and she's recovering. She, it's constantly achy, though, right now. But she's doing great. She doesn't wear the, her sling anymore most of the time. Uh, we actually worked out together over the weekend as well, did some rehab on it. Like, she's doing great. I think, I think Austin has officially entered the chat. Oh, yeah. Austin Napierski. Congratulations, Austin. I don't know if you know this. Do you know that you won the contest? You are going to the jazz game with yeah. us, Austin. I don't know. Are you available next week on Tuesday? We should yeah. probably say, hey, are you available Tuesday yeah. night? Can, uh, you, uh, can you, know. you pencil us into your complicated schedule? Yeah. Uh, Austin says, very glad to have found you guys. Big things in 2023. Well, now that you won the tickets, I would assume you are very, very glad. <laughs> there it is. There it the is. Show. There it is. <laughs> Yeah, dude, did you just pop did in? Did you just pop in here, bro? Yeah, dude, you won. <laughs> we said your name bro. like five minutes ago. You won, Austin. Uh, Austin, you're going to the jazz game with us. We, we would have DM'd you. I think you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. I think. Um, you we would have DM'd you. But yeah, Austin, congratulations. <laughs> you won. Look, you look, look at him now on the chat, dude. Are you serious? Yes, we're serious. And then the next one. <laughs> He's like, bro, seriously. <laughs> Seriously, Austin, yeah, you dude. won the tickets. You're going yeah. to the Jazz game with us next Tuesday. Uh, we'll we'll meet you there. Or take, <laughs> I can't remember what the dude's name was. He was. He's like, I don't want to ride in a car with you guys. What if I want to leave at halftime? <laughs> okay, leave at halftime. I don't care. It's up to you. Uh, but we'll meet you there. We'll ride in a car. With you. It's up to you. Um, but, you know, it's Don Don's return to Salt Lake City next Tuesday. Yep. It's all good. Let's go. Uh, Tanner says, LOL, congrats, Austin. <laughs> Austin's like, LFG, yeah, let's go, man. LFG says, see the Cavs? Question yeah, mark. Dude, yeah, it's going to be amazing. How about Donovan Mitchell's return? I mean, like, that would be... Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be controversial, for sure. I think he's going to get a mixed bag of, of a lot of booze. He's going to get some, booed. Some... No, 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 no. He, let's, get, let's get real. He's going to get booed. You think? He's going to get booed. Wow. There is no doubt about that. Where, where are you at with the Jazz? Because I think this is an interesting little... T I mean, they, they're, they are finding ways to lose games. Yeah. 
Um, let's talk a little NBA hoop Utah Jazz here on the Monty Show presented by our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash. Um, where do you come down on the Jazz? Because they've lost four in a row. They've lost four of six, six of eight. Like, And it's not, you know, they lose to Miami the other night, and I watched most of that game in just pure frustration. Mm-hmm. Tyler Hero hits the game-winning three. They didn't lose the game because Tyler Hero hit that three. They lost the game. What well, certainly was. They lost that game by just playing stupid basketball. Yeah. Like, yeah. is this team improving? Like, where are you at with the Jazz? I mean, I, it's, it's really tough with the Jazz because they, they're a streaky team, right? Like, and again, I've told you guys all season long, like, let's not, let's not use wins and losses as a benchmark for improvement with this team. Like, yeah, obviously, wins and losses is ultimately what matters, but it's not rocket science to say that this isn't some championship-caliber club right now. So what I would tell you to be using as a, a bar of success or a bar of improvement is is the box score right after you watch the game go and look at the box and that'll tell you what you need to know about this team right now which is they're going to turn the ball over 12 to 15 times a game and the games that they win they're going to shoot 40 percent from three typically on 45 attempts that's usually their nice little sweet spot so when i look at this losing streak um i just think they're 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 the way they're turning the ball over does make me wonder what where are you guys at mentally because it's not like these the the opposition's making like some all-world defensive play or like they're just running into the best teams in the league and the, and those teams are just better than them that's not what's happening what's happening is like I saw a play the other night in the heat game where you have Colin Sexton on the on the strong side wing right which would be the bottom of your TV screen and he he is waiting for the pick to come up. He uses the pick and then just kind of hesitates, throw tries to make a skip pass to the corner and it gets picked off. It's like, dude, that that, that like that's a that is a never going to be completed pass in the NBA. You're not throwing the ball from like the strong side elbow to the far corner. When you've got three guys standing in front of you in the paint, you're, you're not doing that. So, like, it's that type of play where the people in the chat who are like, oh, well, you got to fire Will Hardy. I'm not at fire Will Hardy yet. I'm not even close to that. But those are the kind of plays where I'm like, what was Colin thinking there? And how is that ever even an opportunity in this offense? That That's where I'm like, okay, Will needs to have another conversation because you notice what happens. They play bad for like three to five games in a row. Then Will Hardy starts to keep it real with these guys and they start to wake up and then they'll win like four or five in a row. And that's how they've sort of teetered on like this 500 plus or minus two or three games the whole season. So to me, I think the Jazz are okay. It's not like they're in some horrible position, but they do make some pretty boneheaded plays. Well, and I I think the one thing that I'm really excited about is Walker Kessler. I think we continue to see Walker grow defensively um, I think he's having a bigger impact in the Heat game. Um, you know, I thought he gave them 30 good minutes. Now, he only has five points, but 12 boards, six of those offensive, three blocks. Like, he's impacting the way you need your bigs to impact the game. If he's not going to be a 20-point guy, which I don't think he will be on the regular, he needs to be, you know, a 10-10, and 10, a 15-10 and 10 guy. Yeah. You can absolutely see that development there. But I want to go back to expectations, what were your expectations coming into this year? Mm-hmm. Your expectations were not 
hey, we're going to the playoffs. We're winning the Western Conference. They were tanking for VW and win 10 games and hope for the worst. Well, you got your hopes up because this team played so well out of the gate. This team is going to be an 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 place team in the, in the West. Yeah, That's who this team is. Can they make the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. But they're going to have to stop playing stupid basketball. Because Colin Sexton does things that you cannot do. Jordan Clarkson does things you cannot do. Which brings us to a really difficult part of the conversation. Should the Utah Jazz extend Jordan Clarkson? And Tony Jones was among others who were breaking the story that the Jazz are involved in contract extension talks with Jordan Clarkson. Mm -hmm. To which I say, how much are you going to pay him? Because I also think I could make a significant argument that Jordan Clarkson is not a starter in the NBA. And Jordan Clarkson is a sixth man. And that is his role. And that should be his role. Because mm -hmm. this is not a guy, in my opinion, that should be playing 35 minutes a night and be your starting two guard. That's not who Jordan Clarkson is. And again, this doesn't mean I hate Jordan Clarkson and... I know what happens when you say anything mildly critical of well, Jordan Clarkson. Well, you said Clarkson. that Jordan Clarkson sucks and he's terrible. Why does this show hate Jordan Clarkson? Why, why do you guys hate Jordan Clarkson? What did he ever do to you, bro? With all due respect. It's not that I hate Jordan Clarkson. The issue is he takes touches away from Laurie Markkinen in big situations. The issue is that he gets into the lane and wants to kick the ball out in the middle, in the middle of a shot that he knew he shouldn't have took, and it winds up into the, into the seats. He can't do that. And for a team like the Jazz, to make the playoffs, I think is significant. You need to make the playoffs. Laurie Markkinen has to be the focal point of the offense. And right now, I don't think he is. That's the biggest issue. The other thing that I would point out for everybody is like, oh, tank it for VW, brah. Their draft picks are not looking so good. Mm. Because the best one you're going to have is probably the Minnesota Timberwolves pick. Right? Your own... Right now, I think they their own pick is like 13th or something like that. Mm -hmm. I think the the Timberwolves pick is by far the best because that pick where they're like the worst, you get the worst. Right now, the worst pick is the Brooklyn Nets pick that you own. They're not in a position to get Victor Wambanyama. Mm -hmm. They're not tanking for anybody. So my point is, if you can make the playoffs, make the playoffs. But you got to trade Malik Beasley. So right now... You have, as according to this, and, and I'll verify this, but you have three picks yes. in 2023. You've got yours, right? And that's a first-round pick. Yep. You've then got another first-round pick from Houston, Brooklyn, or Philly. And then you've got a third one, and that's the Minnesota one you were referencing. Yes. So you have, like, you have a bunch of, like, a laundry list, obviously, as you guys know, of first-round picks coming. But I, I don't think that that you should be sitting here being like, oh, well, man, they've got great draft capital. You have, you don't have great draft capital. You have a plethora of draft capital, some of which is good, some of which is crap, and some of which falls sort of in between. So you have to understand that. So don't watch this team and say, well, next year will be a lot better because they have great draft capital. Mm. It depends how Danny goes about this. And I know, talked about this a hundred times, but I'm going to keep dying on this hill, right? I don't believe that Danny Ainge is sitting up there in his office talking to Jay-Z and company picks the way they're currently constituted. 
I think what they're going to do is they're going to package two or three of these picks this year, and they are going to climb the draft, and they are going to go and try and get a guy. They're going to go and try and get somebody inside the top 10 that they believe they can put into the starting lineup who could be an impact player now, i.e. last year's Paolo Bancaro, right? Like, i.e. some of these other guys who have been drafted now right into the starting lineup guy. That's what I think Danny wants to do. Yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see, and this is, again, just my opinion, mm-hmm. who stays and who goes. Um, and I think when you look at when you look at where guys like, you know, Colin Sexton is interesting. I would not rush him back even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I just wouldn't. Um, I, I think it's very interesting to see where, you know, if Colin's not 100%, I'm not interested in him playing heavy minutes. In fact, I wouldn't play him at all. The other night, um, you know, you look at the guys that got the bulk. He got 24 minutes the other night against, against the Heat. And he was 4 of 11 from the f- floor. But again, I, I, I look at the fact that he's not turning the ball over in volume, but is he making good decisions? You know, I look at Clarkson and Conley, both with four turnovers. Kelly Olenek has been not good lately Yeah, with, with five turnovers. Your center turned the ball over five times. How? So you just got to make better decisions on the ball. The bottom line here is I would extend Jordan Clarkson, but not at starters money. I, I, you just can't do that. I think that's one of those bad decisions. And I think that's what they're talking to him about. Yeah. I think the Utah Jazz right now are happy to have Jordan Clarkson as a starter because it doesn't mean a whole lot. You're a 19 and 20 team. You're a game under 500 now. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean a whole lot if he starts or if he comes off the bench. When you were contending for what you thought were championships, Jordan was a sixth man of the year for a reason. But that's not who this team is anymore. And I don't think you can be married to guys. I certainly know factually that Jordan Clarkson has interest from the NBA. There are teams around the league that would like to acquire Jordan. If I'm the Jazz, I would trade him. I don't believe they have an appetite to do that. I don't think they're out shopping him. This extension talk, though, I'm told is because they're trying to figure out if they can keep him long-term or if he's a guy that wants to test free agency. And if I'm Colin Sexton, I'm hoping that, that... that eventually I get to start. But for that to happen, Jordan Clarkson can't be there. Yeah. So it's, you you gave Sexton an extension. That does not mean you're married to him. You're not married to any of these guys, frankly. Yeah. That's why the trade we reported, by the way, you know. Put it up on screen, dude. You know, I I, I don't know how else I can, how else I can say that. For all the people who are like, oh, you don't have sources. You You don't know what you're talking about. You made it up, bro. Um, we've been telling you, um, and I don't have that graphic, uh, but we've been telling you that they had a trade in place with Atlanta. And how about this Trey young situation in Atlanta, man, how Mm -hmm. that has gone Mm -hmm. South that, that you are looking at another coach, not wanting to coach Trey young. It's ugly there. But having said that, that they had a three-way trade in place with the Jazz, the Suns, and the Hawks where basically John Collins would wind up with the Jazz with a filler player and the Jazz would get two first-round picks in that deal and the Suns would end up with Jared Vanderbilt and either Mike Conley or Malik Beasley and the Jazz said no because they couldn't get first-round picks. We told you that on this show. Yeah, Shams confirmed that 
last week, almost chapter and verse. Like it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Um, we're we you know we know a thing or two. Uh, would you trade him? Should you should you extend Jordan yeah, Clarkson? This is a guy that you can't be you can't be you know loyal to. With all due respect to Jordan, like like I didn't like that Ryan Smith came out all those days ago, many moons ago, and tweeted, "We're not trading Joe Ingles. Joe no. Ingles isn't going anywhere." No, did not like that. And it has nothing to do with Joe, just like this has nothing to do with Jordan. It's not about the, the player, per se. What it's about is business and money and your future. Every minute that Jordan Clarkson takes away from Colin Sexton is yet another minute that Colin Sexton is not developing. And what I'm here to tell you is, while you're not, you're not married to Colin Sexton for like the next decade, obviously, he is the guy right now. He is your future right now unless you decide to go another direction. Why would you not get him all the minutes you could possibly get him? And why would you not put yourself in a position to play as many of the developmental guys as you possibly can? Take advantage of being mediocre. Like, I don't think people understand how important this time is. Everyone wants to just fast forward to being Western Conference champions. Well, you're never going to get there if you keep paying guys like Jordan Clarkson to come in and turn it over four and a half times a night. You're not going to get there because I have news for you. Jordan Clarkson as a starter is getting overexposed. I love dude's game. Love the drip. Love the swag. Love the personality. Frankly, I love the fact that he's represented the Utah Jazz for how many ever seasons it's been now. I think he's, I mean, I don't know, it was six years now or whatever it's been. Like, he's been here a long time now. And now with this rebrand and rebuild and everything, he's the guy that the fans gravitate to. But I just don't think that you can be loyal to these guys. Like, Maybe negotiate, play hardball with them, get him to sign an extension, and then maybe trade him. I certainly would not let this dude go into free agency because he will get signed and you will have lost him for nothing. Yeah, and he has a player option for next year at $14 million. Like, I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to pay him. You know, I think the max you're paying him is $20 million a year. And the question is, are you willing to pay him $20 million a year to be a six-man? I'm probably not. I'm probably not. I mean... I think he has more value as a fan favorite than he has as a as a twenty million dollars sixth man. Yeah, what would you pay him? I mean, I twenty'd be the most. I mean, I think as a sixth man, I'd like to be in that thirteen to fifteen range. You know, I mean, you look at what Lou Williams got paid all those years. You know, like that's kind of what but he the was. The problem making. is he's making fourteen million on a player option. He's not. I mean, my guess is if Jordan Clarkson opted out, he would be in demand around the NBA and he would get twenty million bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying I think that you would wind up hanging on to him for $20 million. If you could get him on a three-year $60 million deal, why wouldn't you do that? I think you would do that. Yeah. And I think when you you know, you know look at the cap-friendly situation that you're in now, um, I mean, the, the Conley deal is not ideal. I no. mean, it's $22 million. But, you know, you, you look at Mike's situation – um, you know, you, you have a non-guaranteed deal for next season with Mike. You're not married to anything there. So I look at that. I, and the biggest one is, is Laurie Markkinen only making 16 and a half. Yeah. That's the bargain. So, you're right and now. you have him for two more years at about $36 million total. I, I don't know why you, why you wouldn't. Why so do you see what I mean when I say you have flexibility and you don't need to be married to these guys. You can operate from a sense of, like, we'll be fine with or without you. And that's yeah. really crucial. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, Louis Capazzo says, Ryan Smith needs to leave his emotions out of contracts. Yes, totally. Send Jordan somewhere in a trade. Give him a chance to get a ring. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. Now, I'm and, cool with, hey, do right by somebody. I'm cool with that. You know, that's fine. Well, and I, I think the, the, the biggest suitor for, for Jordan Clarkson is the Miami Heat, I've been told. But the problem is the Jazz want nothing to do with Duncan Robinson. Yeah. And I don't think you're getting Tyler Hero in that deal. I mean, would you do a Tyler Hero, Jordan Clarkson deal? Probably not with their paying the Hero. same guy, man. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see a lot of value in that. And I think when you when you look around the Eastern Conference, I mean, there's not a team in the Eastern Conference at the top of the table that doesn't want Jordan Clarkson. I think that's the that's the the issue. The the but the problem is if you're gonna move Jordan Clarkson, he's a guy that has an opt out for next year. Your value is low on Jordan right now. Right. Your value was higher in the summer when you could have had him for an entire year and then you can negotiate an extension, but now you're going to trade for a guy who's probably going to opt out and test free agency. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he? So, because I think if he does opt out, by the way, he gets $20 million. Jordan, I also think without saying it, this is, this is just an assumption. Haven't been told this, just an assumption. But I would guess that Jordan Clarkson is acutely aware of his age and where yes. he's at in his career. And I would guess that he reminisces about the Laker days and getting back into a OG like Celtics, Lakers, Bulls, Knicks, like major market team where he can kind of go and, and chase a ring or, you know, do something, sort of enter that final chapter for himself, if you will. I think when you're on the wrong side of 30, and he is, I think the Lakers make a lot of sense, or at least they did. I don't know that the Lakers make a lot of sense for Jordan Clarkson now because you're looking at a situation with the Lakers where, you know, listen, you you have a guy in Jordan that I think when you look at, you look at how good he is for the community, I don't know that there's a lot of value in that in L.A., but certainly here in Utah there is. The bigger issue is, are you willing to give up a first-round pick to get Jordan Clarkson? And I don't think the Lakers are willing to give up a first-round pick for anybody. Yeah, I think they want to hang on to their first-round picks. And and I think, though, that Jordan Clarkson, you know, we were at the Laker game a couple of weeks ago. If Jordan Clarkson's on that team, they win that game. Point blank. If it's Jordan Clarkson instead of Dennis Schroeder, they win that game. Right. The Lakers are in a position where they're going to miss the playoffs again. And I understand why they would want to add a Jordan Clarkson and a Malik Beasley. But you're, are they willing to give up a first-round pick? Why would you give up a first-round pick for those guys? Yeah, I, and that's you what wouldn't. I mean. If you're Jordan Clarkson, that's why you would want to enter free agency. Because, again, I think people don't realize like players aren't stupid. Players know, like, hey, the Lakers have a couple of first-rounders here. And I know that that like in the organization, we didn't do the bogey deal because they didn't want to give up picks. So right, if right. I want to go to the Lakers, I probably shouldn't expect them to be giving up picks for me, being that I'm, what is he, 32 or whatever he is yeah. now. And Jordan? Like, yeah. No, Jordan's 30. Um, and I think once this the start of next year, he'll be 31. He's so, going into his 31-year-old season. So he's still like... 31, because of what guys like Braun have done in the league, 31 no longer has the year old label on it, but it does have the you're getting old label on it. By the way, have you come around at all to my take that the Lakers are wasting LeBron? Oh, they're definitely wasting LeBron, 100%. I think that, 
I think LeBron is doing a bit of flexing right now. If I'm being honest, I think he he understands yeah. that he needs to to stay relevant. I think he understands that the Lakers are no longer an organization that you can go to and it's just assumed that you'll be in the playoffs. And I also think that LeBron is somebody who who yeah, deserves to go to the finals. Ideally, three or four more times. That's what I think he they, deserves they basically have done. The same record as the Oklahoma City Thunder. And the problem is what like the f- so you Are walk you serious? Dude, you walk into the you walked in you walk into crypto and you're like, wow, this place is a palace. You quickly understand just how big of a deal it is to play there. Yeah. And and it's really sad. Like we we saw Lamelo, which by the way, I really like Lamelo's game. He's still a little immature, though, if I'm being honest. But like his game a lot in person. But what bothers me is that it's like, dude, just the same way the ball doesn't find Lori three, four possessions in a row. There are times where where Braun, when specifically when Westbrook's on the floor, where Braun won't see the ball for two to three possessions at a time. And what do you know? They go empty two to three possessions at a time and typically turn it over. So that's why I say, if I'm LeBron James, I'm staying in L.A. I'm just married to it because it's L.A. It's a great lifestyle. Your kids are doing great. Bronny and Bryce are clearly both going to go to the league. Like, you're in a great spot. But it is frustrating as hell not to be making the playoffs. And I think, I don't know what you do about that if you're LeBron. Like, I, I don't know how, like... This isn't David Griffin anymore, man. This is Rob Polinka. This is Genie. Like, this is the Lakers. Like, you don't have that same hammer that you used to have. So, I don't know. I, th- I think it's really... Braun is in a difficult spot. There's no question about it. And I don't know what what he does about that. I don't know how you change that. Yeah, I don't know. And and I, I think it's very difficult um, to fix the Lakers right now. I, I, I Genie Buss, I think, is in a very difficult situation. She needs... In my opinion, she needs a better basketball guy than Rob Polinka can give her right now, because you've got to make some really tough decisions. You got to trade Anthony Davis. Period. It, it, there's nothing else to. Talk I don't about understand here. this whole concept of just chill in this in this roster. Like it feels like you've just been sitting here for. Like it may not, it hasn't been five years, but it feels like it's been five years. But the issue isn't even, with all due respect, the issue isn't that they've been stuck for five years. The issue is you won a championship and you got happy. The secondary issue is you have misvalued the 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 impact of first round picks. I'm looking at Boyan Bogdanovich in Detroit, mm. and mm-hmm. I still maintain that Danny Ainge and Ryan Smith put a thumb in the Lakers' eyes by giving giving him giving him away for free. Bojan. For free, they gave away Bagsnatchevich to Detroit. Bohan Bogdanovich. You, you just you gave him away for Saban Lee and Kelly Bogdan. Kelly's O'Clinic. Like you just gave him and away. You gift wrapped it by saying that O'Clinic and Danny were great friends, and O'Clinic's going to have and some look, huge. Kelly's impact. had a good impact on this roster. But let's stop sugarcoating this. You made that trade to screw uh, the 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 L.A. Lakers. By the way, Holly Rowe is at the is doing the Rose Bowl for ESPN and ABC. Great, she's great just, on football. Don't have a problem you know. with it. Uh, anyway, the point is, the Lakers should have given a first round pick to get Boyan Bogdanovich and Malik Beasley for for from the from the Jazz. Yeah, and they didn't. It was a huge mistake. And frankly, what you should have done is given a first round pick and a player. You should have given up Austin Matthews to get Boyan Bogdanovich 
and Austin Pat, Reeves. Austin Reeves. Thank you. I said Austin Matthews. Yeah. Hockey reference. Uh, you should have given a first round pick, in my opinion, to get Austin Reeves and who you know, like whoever you wanna whoever you wanna throw in there. Yeah. To get Pat Bev and Boyan Bogdanovich. Austin Reeves is a hell of a young player. The Jazz, I think, would have done that deal by what my sources have told me, but the Lakers didn't want to give up a first-round pick. And that's mind-blowing to me yeah. that they didn't want to do that. If you had Boyan Bogdanovich and Pat Beverly on that team and you, again, are not so reliant on... They lost to Charlotte because, A, Bron can't tie his shoes, and, B, Dennis <laughs> Schroeder bricks threes. He, Dennis Schroeder is a, is a nothing burger. Nothing. That's where they are in L.A. They're relying on Dennis Schroeder to hit a three-pointer to win a game. It <laughs> makes no away. sense. Wide open three-pointer. In the corner, just unmolested. <laughs> like, uncontested, unguarded in the corner. Brent. Unbelievable. Uh, all right, let's see. Um, Luis Capazzo says, I was right. Uh, I, was, I was right. Always an excuse. Talking about duck season. Oh, God. Hi, duck season. Uh, Austin Napierski says, I miss Bojan so much. Yeah. I think we, we as a fan base did not appreciate Boyan Bach. We didn't appreciate how, how do I say this? The worst mistake that Jazz fans made over the last three years was overvaluing this team. Bojan. Because you just put too much pressure. The expectations were far too high and Again, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know we have said for years this was not a championship contender. Mm -hmm. Not the way it was built. And I think Boyan Bogdanovich was a wonderful player when he was here. Yeah. He really was very good for the Jazz, but he was maxed out, unfortunately. Uh, Provo Cougar fan says LeBron James to the Celtics. I don't think that, that he will leave L.A. And if he leaves L.A., I don't see him going east. Because his kids are both really high-level prospects. Bronny had an unbelievable weekend. Um, like the, His kids are both high-level prospects. And his younger son, Bryce, is probably a better prospect than Bronny is. Like It's amazing. And they both play in Los Angeles. So I have a hard time seeing LeBron leaving L.A. And if he did, my guess is he's not going anywhere that's even questionable. He'd wind up in Golden State. I think if he left L.A., I have to believe if he was going east, I can't see him going to to Boston. Because I, I just how do you do that to Cleveland? I think he's made or made or broken his his legacy in LA. Yeah. And that's a team he went there because they perennially compete for a championship. Only they don't. So I, um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh Lewis says, ah, Russell Westbrook, what a great addition to the Lakers. Rob keeps us all scratching our heads. Yeah. Yep. He really does. And he's at, Westbrook's actually not that bad as a six man. He really isn't. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, duck season, good morning. Well, not good morning, but average to see you, sir. <clears throat> Can't wait for Utah to embarrass the Pac-12 again. We're only here for one reason. Well, you, you need to – you owe us 100 hey, bucks. still haven't paid up. I mean, it's, it's pretty embarrassing. You know, he, he never will pay. Never will pay. Um, he says Oregon carries the Pac-12. Well, I mean, don't you have to win a Pac-12 championship 
recently. Well, they they carry the Pac-12 from the comfort of their own couch because they're not playing football anymore. But they have won back-to-back Pac-12 championships and gone to the Rose Bowl both years. <coughs> oh, wait. No, that's not true. Actually, that's a lie. That's Don't Utah. play intramurals, brother. It's Utah. It's Utah. Uh, talking with Raphael Podcast on PBS. Uh, says, does the Jazz have a championship caliber player currently? They don't. No. I don't think Rafael, and I think we've talked about this. I don't think they have the best player on their team right now when they. Let's see. Tell, oh, hello. Uh, Teleni, Teleni, Tani, Luke. TT. TT, what's up? Penn State over the Utah Utes. Don't think so. No, no, no. No, no, no. I think it's 35. I'll go 35-28. Utah wins. 35-24. I think that James Franklin gets out outcoached badly here. I think that's, to me, that's what happens is he gets outcoached badly. Yeah. So we'll see. But again, depth has got to play well. Money Parks has to play well for them to win. What are you looking at? Why are you gawking over here, man? Duck season is such a clown, bro. I'm sorry. San Diego State, I paid, but the cameras were off. Ask Jake, I gave him the money. Right, 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 right. right. Uh, Your tab for 2023 is $98.02. That's exactly right. He ain't wrong. That's exactly right. All right. Um, Can we talk a little non-sports? Because it's already 910. Yeah, 910 already. 910. 910. Yeah, it's 910. What do you guys make of this Southwest Airlines story? (laughs) Um so did you guys hear this story that they screwed people big time? Um, what should the punishment for Southwest Airlines be? Something monetary. It has to be something monetary. Because the problem is, is, is Southwest, like you're not being, like my problem with Southwest is, okay, you had the issue, right? As you always say on the show, it's not really about the issue. It's about how you react to the issue. So, all right, cool. You had these cancellations and weather and all, like every excuse in the book as to why you screwed over thousands of people with all these canceled flights. Yes. My problem comes in, not that you canceled all these flights, even though that is an issue. My problem is, is you weren't proactive about taking care of their luggage, getting them a voucher, like, like covering their costs. Like people don't have bottomless pocketbooks like the CEO of Southwest does, right? Like, that's the problem here. So to me, what should the punishment be? It should be significant monetary fines. Now, here's what you need to know. Southwest Airlines, over the holiday weekend, and really a 10-day period, absolutely melted down, canceling thousands of flights. And one of the main stories that came out over the weekend was there was a woman that was flying to Belize for her wedding. Her entire wedding party, her husband's entire wedding party, they all flew to Belize. Her flight got canceled. Um, she didn't have her luggage. It went about its way, and they don't know where it is still. She winds up on New Year's Eve, ringing in the New Year's on FaceTime because she couldn't get to Belize. And the resort that she went to in Belize will not refund her money. The services that she you know, hired to do her wedding will not refund her money. All of her wedding party, they all got there and it was $70,000 in airfare, right? So they paid significant sums of money. 
They're talking about $67,000 in hotel rooms. Dude. Southwest Airlines has not compensated her for that. They don't know where her luggage is. They never offered a solution other than to say, here's a voucher for a free flight. So she didn't get married. She was alone on New Year's while her entire wedding party and family was in Belize. And it's stuff like this where it's not the cost of the flight that needs to be refunded. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars in wedding infrastructure costs. You have this other story of this woman whose father passed away. Mm -hmm. So she's flying, I believe it was from Connecticut to Atlanta. Her flight got canceled. Her bags went on though. Somehow I think her bags wound up in Texas. So she doesn't have her luggage. She can't get to Atlanta for her father's funeral. Her mother and her brother are there. She had to watch the funeral on YouTube. They had to live stream the funeral so she could see it. And she's like, emotionally, you can't compensate me. Like I missed my father's funeral and there were no solutions. And the worst part is it was all avoidable. The worst part is that Southwest Airlines does business with Amazon. And Amazon handles all of their technologies except for one piece, their old antiquated ticketing and uh, scheduling service and what melted down on Southwest. Hmm. So their ticketing systems and their scheduling systems go all the way back to their origination. They're old, they're antiquated. Their biggest problem is they don't have server capacity. What does Amazon do? AWS. That's all they do is cloud service, right? Who uses them? Delta, who has the highest customer service score. United Airlines, American Airlines, all the major carriers use AWS. Who does not? Southwest, Spirit, Frontier, all the lowest rated, worst reliability. They're always late. They're never on time. They don't use <coughs> AWS. The industry standard is AWS. Yeah. And you have an airline like Southwest who uses them for all other kinds of, of things, chose not to pay the $20 million a year annually, according to reports, that it takes to use Amazon AWS to fully automate their ticket and scheduling systems, which is what all the other major carriers do. Mm -hmm. And now they melt down. And you know what the shame is? Southwest used to be a juggernaut in the game. Southwest used to be like a behemoth, and now they're not. And now they're an embarrassment, and it sucks. And the problem is, as, as so many have pointed out, this is not Frontier or Spirit. This is a major American carrier at Southwest. A major carrier. Yes. And they supposedly, according to their CEO, were caught off guard by their system failures. You've had the same system since you founded the airline. And you were caught off guard by this. It's remarkable. So what do you do? What should the punishment be for Southwest Airlines? I, I, I personally think that there, there is no other acceptable result besides significant financial penalty. Well, and I mean, everybody from the president to the secretary of transportation, Pete Buttigieg, like everybody's into this. They're doing now, by the way, their schedule is back up to 100%. They're back online. Like everything's good. They still don't know where most people's luggage are, though. 
They don't know. Which, to me, I don't know how that happens. Like, I don't Cause know. Because they don't have a system in place to track it, which is unbelievable. They can tell you where it is. They can tell you, like our my niece flew from Phoenix to Los Angeles, had to catch a different flight. Her luggage wound up in Orange County. So the difference between LAX and Orange County, they're in different worlds. How did you send her bags to Orange County? And then they show up in Orange County and it's just a huge room of luggage that you got to go and search through for your bags. That's best case scenario. That, that I don't understand. That I don't understand. Uh, let's see. Um, Louis, uh, Louis Capazzo. My cousin had to rent a car and drive from Tulsa to Raleigh because of Southwest. Luggage is somewhere in the wind. That story is repeated so many thousands of times. It's, Unacceptable. it's amazing. Unacceptable, dude. Austin Napierski, our winner, is going to the Cavs game with us. Yeah. Says, if they don't do anything, this will be looked at as the main catalyst for the downfall of Southwest. Delta is smiling ear to ear. And I'm someone yeah. who spent probably easily 15000 20000 in my life on Delta Airlines. Like, like Delta does it the right way. And, yes. and that's why I'm a Delta person. I am religious about only flying Delta because I don't want to run into, oh, sorry, Nancy and ticketing couldn't get the job done today. Like, I don't want to run into that. And the sad thing is, it's it, it, the other thing that, that hampered Southwest in this struggle, they apparently can't stop people. They can't force their flight attendants to work. So one of the other problems they had is they didn't have enough flight attendants, so they had to cancel flights. They can't, every other airline has in their contract, hey, if we call you, you have to work. Southwest does not have that. So they didn't have flight attendants. Mm. There, were, there were over 100 flights canceled because of manpower issues. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> remarkable. I, I, it's remarkable. Uh, Daniel Olson says, I bought Upper Bowl tickets for Donovan Mitchell's $45 because I knew y'all weren't going to pick me. Well, wow, really? That's too bad. Because um, we, we just, we want it to be totally rando. So it, it's everybody, everybody was like, pick me, pick me, pick me. Like, we don't just go picking people, right? Like we have 9,000 subscribers. So it is... I mean, it's a pinhole, man. Like you are, it's a needle in a haystack to get to win a prize on the show. I don't disagree with that at all. I'm super stoked about the birthday plan that we have. Mm -hmm. You guys will be excited about that. Uh, Jake Gordon says, uh, it's funny because I'm at the airport right now and there are Southwest flights delayed and canceled. Man, <laughs> it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, why are you guys arguing about BYU fans? Why, what is the, let's see, Bo, Bo Body says BYU six and six. Thoughts? If BYU goes six and six, dude, we're not, are we doing Keaton Slovis today? Bro. Dude. I, are we really doing six, Keaton Slovis? For six and six to happen, somebody would have to come down from the heavens and play quarterback. I'm just telling you that right now. Do not get me started on, you know, the Slovenator and the SEC the and the SC days and, you know, somebody beating him out and like him leaving that program to go to another program to come to this program. So let me get this right. Let me get this right. You got beat out by Jackson Dart and then both of you transferred. Okay, I'm fine with that. You go to Pitt, 
You get beat out at Pitt, so you transfer again. That's the and and BYU this program on NIL and BYU fans are like, we did it, we got a quarterback, we we did it. And I say on Twitter, hey, this is not a great thing. Like this is not something to be jumping up and down and celebrating. And that's how I look at it. And BYU fans were like, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. <laughs> hey man, Keaton Slovis is a good quarterback. He's not winning you anything. The reason he got beat by Jackson Dart is a Jackson's a more dynamic quarterback. And Keaton Slovis does not have top-tier arm talent. Because it's garbage. He just doesn't. He doesn't have it mentally because if he's under pressure, he, he, his accuracy goes away under pressure. Okay, everybody's does. But not everybody throws interceptions like he throws interceptions. Don't you know who I am? He's a good, not a great quarterback. If they're 6-6 six and six next year, good luck. Good luck. Good luck. Because that's going to be difficult. I don't know how you fix that. I really don't. Uh, Lewis says the Y using Slovis uh, will be lucky to win four games. It's going to be tough. It is. It, Slovis is. And by the way, did anybody see the Pukas going to the NFL? Mm. Gunnar Romney's going to the NFL. So, I mean, like, don't tell me. Don't tell me that there's not a lot of turnover this year. You know, NIL tra- or transfer portal. You know, the draft, like, you've lost Dude. significant talent this this offseason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Barfing Chicken says, I'm absolutely, uh, I'm a absolutely huge BYU fan, but I would rather have had Cade Fennigan start 2023 Thank and you. develop him Thank in the you. system. Why is that rocket science, man? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, San Diego State, my son was married in Lancaster on December 17th. Beautiful ceremony. A week later, fire burned the building. Where the ceremony and reception was held. So fortunate it didn't happen a week earlier. Jeez. Then I'll drop that motherfucker. It's terrifying. Last one today. Slovis is like when the Utes got Jake Bentley. Well. Find out. F around and find out. Grayson McCall's going back to Coastal because he got hurt in the bowl game. Good choice to play in that bowl game, bud. Hey, thank you so much. Congratulations, Austin Napierski's going to the Cavs game with us. Please give us a thumbs up. Really helps the channel grow. This show, as always, is presented by The Advocates. Theadvocates.com, the best injury attorneys in the business. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.